Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com, because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 306 for Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? Are you having the best day of your life? Are you having the best week of your life, best month, maybe even the best year of your lives? I don't know. Tell me. Um, thank you for for listening to my podcast. Uh, for anyone who has never heard it before, what is the One Man Podcast? How did you stumble across it? Who knows? But what it is, is it is me, uh, comedian, brand ambassador, earthling, Joshua Williams, telling you what is going on with me personally, professionally, and uh, anything else I want to talk about. Um, and in this episode, I'm going to tell you predominantly, uh, about the trip I did, uh, I did, I went on with my friend Peter to, uh, Las Vegas. Um, we, we went to Las Vegas. Also, I'll tell you about, uh, you know, a little bit of a documentary that I watched. I'll tell you what I thought of the last episode of the last of us. And, um, yeah, and then I'll just bring it on home with all the things I got going on. How about that guys? How does that sound? Why don't we start, why don't we start off and we get the, the, the little thing out of the way. Um, let's, let's talk, uh, last of us try to do it real quick. Um, this was the last episode of the series. Um, it didn't sway too much from the game. Um, basic, just now that the show's all wrapped up, I can, I can say, you know, meh, um, had the story from the show been the story of the game. I don't think I would have liked it as much. I don't think I would have hated it. A lot of people, when I talk to some super fanboys about it, are like, oh, it's, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. I'm like, I'm not saying it was terrible, but there's a lot of things that weren't terrible that are not worth uh, awards and raving about or whatever. And this is also a game that came out like 10 years ago, right? It's from 2013 on the PlayStation three. Um, so it's not like I've talked to some people like, man, the zombie thing is so passive. It's like, yeah, but it came out. The, the story was written and came out 10 years ago when walking dead was at the height of its popularity and you know, everything was zombies. So <clears throat> it's not like, uh, someone was sitting around and was like, Hey, what if we did a show about zombies that barely features them? By the way, there was infinitely more of them in the game. Um, but they barely seem to feature any infected in the show. Um, they also don't call them zombies. They call them infected and things like that. It's it's, but it's the same idea. It's all of those backdrops with zombie apocalypse and everything like that is, uh, it's essentially, you know, what happens when society breaks down, right? It's Lord of the flies in some form or another. Um, in terms of the last of us, it, it had a really good plot in the, in the game. And I think I was chatting with somebody when I said that like to play through the game, you're looking at about nine to 10 hours. If you played on the easiest mode and you're effectively just burning through the plot, maybe even seven or eight hours. If you're just going through the game and, and plowing forward, right. You're not, I'm not talking about every time you hit a boss and you have to restart and, you know, like we're, we're not re referring to all that. We're referring just to the story beats, you know, you're looking at about nine hours. And so, um, throughout the course of the, the game, you're, you're playing as Joel and you're 
developing this closeness with Ellie over time. He's a broken man who's shut everyone out, blah, 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 blah. And they started with him like that in the show. But over the course of the show, he was showing way more uh, softness than he did in the game um, that would just seemingly come out of nowhere. No rhyme or reason. Just, just, you know, he would make a really hard nose decision. And then the next thing you know, he's like apologizing and showing super empathy to, to Ellie out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, it's such a shame that a kid your age would have to go through. Like, like, it's like, where does this, where does this empathy come from? He did not have that, um, early on in the game. You know, it was one of those things where that's the whole idea with it is to learn and develop and grow and, and things like that. Who the fuck is messaging me right now? I'll kill them. Uh, <laughs> as I talk about empathy. Had a heart attack right before the the show. One of my one of my uh, companies that I worked for sent me a thing saying, "Did you send us an invoice for the gig you did like a month ago?" And I was like, "Uh, pretty sure I did." I don't usually miss that stuff, but uh, I'm like, I've been busy. I may have just gone home and forgot. But I looked it up, found it. And I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, yes I did." And they're like, "Okay, so sorry, found it and processed it." I'm like, "Fuck, just waiting longer." But anyways, not a big deal. Back to to Joel and the Ellie bullshit. So effectively, um. The way I look at it is, is in the game, as I mentioned, you're, you're spending all your time with Joel, right? That's the character you're playing. So it doesn't just go away and show you scenes from happening in other areas like movies and television shows do. You don't have to stay with the main characters. The only thing that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that I feel hurt the show is that in every episode we spent a ridiculous amount of time with characters who either were never in the game or never had, uh, plot or story in the game. And so when you do an entire episode about two characters that aren't Joel and Ellie, the thing is the series was nine episodes long. And as I said, in the game, it was nine hours to complete. So when you take 45 minutes of screen time away from Joel and Ellie, that's 45 minutes of their development that you're never getting a part of. And it was so important to these guys when they were doing the show to like showcase everybody else in the world. And, and to what I found to be needlessly, they had scenes that just went on for so long. Like the, in the game, you're, you're playing as Joel within probably about 10 minutes. You know what I mean? That, that opening scene where his daughter, you know, whatever happens to her happens, uh, trying not to be spoiler. Like that's, that's 10, 15 minutes at most. Whereas it was the good first hour of the show. So that was time with the other stuff that you're missing out on. Um, so I'm just saying that like every time they, they spent 25 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes developing other groups of characters, all that time came out of Joel and Ellie's development. So the bond that they had in the game, the, the growth that you saw in those characters, uh, and predominantly in Joel, um, was lost in the show. So when you watch the show, it's kind of like, meh, I get it. It's basic. You know what I mean? Two people on an adventure together, you know, start off not liking each other and are close by the end. Um, it, it's, it's, it's shoehorned their closeness and their moments are shoehorned. And, and because they took such creative liberties with the story and went in different directions, everything like that, when they would come back and have a five minute scene where like every word is verbatim from the game, it was almost like insulting because you're like, no, 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 you've changed the story. So to come back and just be like, and now we're going to have them say everything they said in the game. So it's like, look, it's the same. It's not. Like, and, and it's, it's, it seemed weird to people who haven't played the game. They're like, that was just weird. That scene, all of a sudden they're just close. I'm like, yes, yeah, because they changed everything around it and then just decided to, to come back so that they could be like, look, it's the, it's the same story. Cause see that scene, they'd said everything. And we're talking verbatim guys. Like it was actually kind of gross to hear them say like, and not just like, oh, it was very, it was really similar. And even some of like, you want that one catchphrase. It's like literally word for word verbatim in some scenes. And you're like, it just doesn't feel right. So, um, 
Is The Last of Us a bad show? No, but um, I, you know, Jason and Kamar watched it, and they they didn't think it was anything special. They thought it was actually kind of stupid. My dad watched it, and he'd never played the game. He started playing the games uh, a while back, but didn't get particularly far into it. Uh, he's watching it. He goes, eh, I didn't I didn't really care for it. I was like, yeah, because they changed so much. You didn't get the time you needed with these characters to see them develop, and and big plot points that were huge in their growth were completely removed from the show. So. I mean, if you're one of those people who's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to watch it now that it's over, just I would say if you did play the game, lower your expectations. And if you are somebody who, you know, had a gamer recommend the show to you, you know, long before it came out saying you got to watch the show, that that game was great. Please know that that what you're going to see on the screen is is a very loose adaptation of, of what you said. The only other thing I can think of, like the only thing I've ever seen that was like changed the story like this, this story is relatively the same at its core. But the, um, the, the director and sorry, not director, I apologize. The creator and creative consultant, Neil Druckmann on the show, he created the games, he directed the games and he was a creative consultant, uh, on the show. He referred to his, his story of the last of us as, as simple story, complex characters. So when I say the story is, is the same at its core, know that that's not like, that's not to say that, oh, if you get the story, then you got everything from the game. It's, it's not the, 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 the value to the story was the complexity of the characters, right? I mean, if you watch planes, trains, and automobiles, um, it's, it's just two guys, two people who don't like each other on this journey across the country. Right. And, uh, the, the, the characters, the two of them together is, is what really gives the movie heart and everything like that. John Kennedy's character, everything, you know, if you watch rain man, same thing, two guys stuck together, have to make it across the country, you know, and we'll learn to like at its core, that's all it is. The story is simple, right? But the endearing scenes where Charlie Babbitt, Tom Cruise's character has to, you know, adapt to his brother, right? Somebody who he's literally, you know, uh, you know, spoiler alert for a 1988 movie, but, um, he's literally just basically kidnapped his mother, his brother, um, in order to, to get his share of, of his father's, you know, uh, f not fortune, but just, you know, the estate, right? The money was left to his brother and he doesn't, he, you know, where's my cut? Who the fuck is this guy? So he takes his brother as a bargaining chip, right? And he's going to, you know, he's going to watch him from now on and that money's coming his way. But over the course of trying to get his brother back to, you know, his town, which I don't even remember where it was, Los Angeles or something like that. I, I really don't remember. I believe they go from like, you know, Northeastern United States to Los Angeles, but the whole, the whole part of the, the, the story is just him learning his brother's, you know, idiosyncrasies and, and things like that. And, um, and just over time learning, learning to care for his brother, learning the value of his brother and, and everything like that. And of course, by the end, it's not even about the money anymore. Uh, I love, I love the line. It's very, very sweet in the movie where he's like, it's just, he's like throughout all of this, like it's not, it's like, it's not even about the money anymore. I'm just frustrated. Like, why didn't, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't my dad tell me? Why didn't anybody tell me? that I had a brother, you know, because it would have been nice to know him for more than just the last seven days. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it's a really sweet movie. Again, it's, uh, by the end, you know, it's, it's not about the, the money or the, the job or whatever. It's just the bond that those people create. So again, the story's not super complex, but, but in the, the, the scenes, right. That's where, that's where that, that movie won the Academy award, right. For best picture that year. So, the whole point is that it's not about, 
you know, Hey, what's the story? Oh, it's, it's the scenes in which the characters bond and everything like that. The, 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 the growth and everything like that. Those are the things that make the, the movie so, so great is it's, it's a basic plot that's been done before has been done since and, and will be done more. Um, but it's, it's, it's in those, those characters where it's the difference between it being just a shitty movie. Like for example, identity thief, uh, with Jason Bateman and what's her face, Melissa McCarthy. Um, that's just a movie about some chick who steals his identity. He goes and gets her and he's going to bring her to justice back where he lives to prove that he didn't do whatever. And over that time they develop a bond. Um, however, it's, uh, it's got a, I, I don't even remember off the top of my head. I can't think of a single funny moment in that movie. It was a comedy, right? But as was planes, trains, and automobiles, that was very endearing. That was John Hughes, right? Uh, classic John Hughes movie. And, um, it's just, it's not memorable. They tried to make it sweet. They try to make you feel for it and try to have that big revelation, but it's just, but even at the end, it's not that believable. And again, it's a loose plot. The whole point is it's a vessel for Melissa McCarthy and Jason Bateman to, to do comedy, but it's just, it doesn't have substance. Whereas, you know, it's, it's not the next plan. There's the, I never saw it. I can't even speak about it, but like due date, right. With Robert Downey Jr. And Zach Galifianakis, Galifianakis, Zach Galifianakis. And, um, that movie is literally like at the height of hangover popularity around Iron Man. It's like, let's get uh, the, the funniest fucking straight man or whatever. And let's get the, the, the funniest fucking idiot. And we'll put them in a movie where they'll learn. About. I never even saw it, but I, I've never heard anyone tell me I have to. So that's saying a lot. So again, the story, this is a lot to say that just because the bare bones of the story of the last of us in the show are the same as the game, the development, the growth of the characters, um, it, it was all, they had nine hours in the game and they had nine hours in the show and the show cut a good 50% or more of that time way to tell stories about people and things that, that didn't affect like an entire episode with Bill and Frank so that we could say to the characters at the end, Hey, if you care about someone, protect them. Right. Was it a beautiful story that they had? Absolutely. Did it, did it mean anything to Joel and Ellie? Did Joel and Ellie grow as a result of that? Absolutely not. All it was, was a letter to Joel saying, if you care, someone protect them, you know, it, and then the next episode is, it's like every opportunity they have to beat Joel over the head with, Hey, protect someone, protect someone. Okay. I think I get it now. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like there's, there's a difference between foreshadowing and then like spoon feeding the audience and this show spoon fed the audience along the entire way. Not to mention the fact that one of the episodes is actually, um, part of the game's downloadable content. So you had the entire story, of the last of us and, uh, an episode that's like a flashback for Ellie prior to meeting Joel, um, is what's called in the, in the gaming world, it was called downloadable content. So you buy a game, you play the entire game, but then the, the, the makers of the game, they would put out more game content only. It wasn't big enough to be its own, you know, game or sequel or whatever. So you'd pay, you know, a few bucks extra and you could download, another little add on pack that, you know, gave you another two, three hours of, of game to play in story. So even that ended up being one of the episodes, right? So that's, that's another hour of screen time that Joel and Ellie had in the game together that they, they would not have because they incorporated it in. And I actually think that where they put it in, instead of allowing it to sort of be something later on, it's, it's tough because it came after the entire game, right? It was story that never existed in the first story. And then it was added on later. Doesn't hurt the story, uh, adds to it a little bit, gives you a bit more background, but I just think that where they, where they put it in and everything, um, it might, uh, it might've slowed the pacing down. 
and of course in the game, it, it went side and side by side with another revelation that, that she was having and, and whatnot. And, uh, they completely cut that out of the story. So, um, anyways, um, uh, fine. Like, so, so to put it to bed, final thoughts, I, I really enjoyed the game, uh, the last of us. And I, I will tell you this, um, it wasn't when I finished the first one, I finished the first one. I was like, wow, that was a, that was a pretty fucking good story. Um, it wasn't until I finished the second last of us game that I'm like, man, I, I like a game has never grabbed me by the balls so hard, uh, story wise narratively for Richard who's listening. Uh, uh, it's never, it's never grabbed me so hard that I'm like, I don't even care about the, the fun part of the game anymore. I just want to know what happens next. Like I am just so invested in this in terms of the story that, um, I, 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 I was like, I gotta, I gotta play it. So I, it was funny enough. Like I know my mom watches walking dead and stuff like that. So I was like, mom, I would never dream of playing a game for you, but like, you gotta, you gotta see the story. It's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And again, at the same time, I didn't realize it was, it was being made into an HBO show. I think maybe the rights had been sold at that point, but it wasn't something that, um, I was, I was conscious of. I was just like this story in this game is, it needs to be shared. So I remember, and this was still during the the pandemic. So I took my PlayStation over my mom's house. And I think over the course of like two or three days, we played through the first game. So we'd, we'd sit and watch like you know, two, three hours of it at a time until we got through it. And she was like, yeah, that was a really good story. We talked about the character growth and it was like, it was something worth discussion. You know what I mean? In terms of the elements and things that happened. And then we played the downloadable content, which showed the same thing as it did in the show. And that added a little bit more. We discussed that. And then we got into the second game, which is, um, much, much darker. Um, the, the story themes are definitely worth discussing. Um, and it's, and it's great. And it's my understanding that the second and third season will be, um, telling that story again, how loosely, how, how accurately, who knows? In fact, some of the things that they changed in the first season, I'd have a very hard time, uh, understanding how that could possibly just transfer over to the story uh, of the second, uh, game. But, um, but I have never in my life uh, felt compelled to play a game for someone before. You know what I mean? Um, so it was funny. My friend uh, Angie online, Angie, uh, we, we played the first and second game for her too. I think I even did that before my mother. I was just like, guys, that was so good. And uh, and and she was like, yeah, well, I'll watch. You can stream online. So uh, we did that, and that was that was fun. But it was just cool because people who would never play that type of game were like watching it. My mother's not going to play a PlayStation or anything like that. She you know, plays candy crush on her phone. So it was just, um, it was cool to share that story with her. So of course, when the show came out, she was excited to see the show and, and even her take on it as someone who knows the story has seen the game and watched it. I basically put the game on the uh, weakest setting so that, that I could just, you know, plow through enemies and things like that. She wouldn't be wasting time watching me fail and try again and fail and try again. So, um, but she, we, we discussed it. It was an interesting story, everything like that. Went through the second one, talked about that. And it got to the point for her too, during the second one where like, rather than me saying like, Hey mom, do you want me to come over, you know, a couple of days and we'll, we'll do a little bit more. She was like, Hey, did you want to come over tonight? And we'll, we'll watch more of the thing. It got her interested and excited in it. Um, so yeah, I mean, is what it is. We'll see what happens in the, uh, in the second season. But as far as the first season goes, go ahead and watch it guys. Just please. If, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't expect you to believe a gamer who said, Hey, it was great. You got to watch the show as the show is, is very, very, uh, loosely based on it. And a lot of the characters in it have been changed. So what's going on with them and, and their growth and, and, um, their involvement and their importance in a, in a 
you know, uh, a story arc have been altered. Um, yeah. Okay. Who cares? Um, <laughs> who cares? You do Josh. You just talked for fucking 20 minutes about it. Um, in terms of, uh, so, so here's the thing. Um, I had to tell you guys what I watched. I actually went like on a documentary tear. I'm recording this episode a little bit late and I've, I've made sure that I've, I've compartmentalized, uh, you know, what happened on which day. So I don't bleed into next week's episode with this one, excuse me, a little, little slurp break signature one man podcast behavior. Um, I started watching documentaries. I remember, I do want to uh, apologize very briefly for being late with this episode. I, um, I went on yet another, uh, trip which, uh, which I will talk about in the following episode. Um, I, uh, I'll let you know what happened with this episode. I tried to get it done before I left. So Peter and I left on uh, Monday, I believe. And we left like month, like our flight was at five. So we're at the airport at three. Um, anyways, I'm sorry, before I get into that, I'm just going to tell you, uh, once I got back, I just, I, uh, it'll make sense later, but I got into these documentaries. So let me just, um, let me just tell you about this one that I watched. I watched the, uh, Pamela Anderson documentary. Um, I know that not long ago there was a show that came out, uh, called Pam and Tommy, I believe. And I, uh, I didn't watch it. It's, it's like, um, I, I can't really even speak to it cause I don't know what I would imagine it's about Pamela Anderson, and Tommy Lee, but, um, uh, didn't watch it. And I thought maybe this documentary about Pam, you know, had something to do with that. Um, but I think this one's called like, um, Pamela. Yeah, here it is. Pamela, a love story. And, um, so, so that you guys can hear, you know what it is. It just says from playboy to prime time, Pamela Anderson shot to fame in the nineties, but there's a not so glamorous side of her story and she's telling it herself. Um, so I, I watched that and, um, I always liked Pamela Anderson when I was young, uh, what young male didn't, um, correction, what straight young male did not. Um, she was, uh, she was like the, 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 the big sex symbol on television, big boobs, whatever. I remember, I can't remember which birthday, but probably somewhere between the age of 12 and 14, uh, for my birthday that month, Playboy had Pamela Anderson as the centerfold, uh, whatever uh, cover for sure. And I believe centerfold. And like, I asked my mom, I was like, can you get, like, I don't think I asked her specifically for it. I don't remember. I really don't remember how it came to me. All I know is that I definitely wanted it. And my mom was cool enough to like, get it for me. Um, which sounds fucked up, but, uh, her position on it, she's like, you know what? It's not like penthouse or any of those other gross ones where they're showing what she's like, playboy was always naked women. And it was always tasteful. They weren't zooming in on their, you know, their lady bits, um, underneath, which would probably be a great way to scare a, a 14 year old male away from women. 12 to 14 year old. Again, I can't remember exactly how old I was. I was in grade seven, grade seven. So what is that? Whatever age you are in grade seven. If you guys know the answer to that real quick, without me having to figure it out, contact at one man podcast.com. But Josh, how do we know how many grades you had been held back at that point? How dare you? How dare you? All right. Yeah, I failed some grades, but I was never held back because my teachers didn't want me again. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, had not been held back at, uh, at that point. Um, yeah, it wasn't until it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't until high school. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't need this, these, these beatings on my self-esteem. All right. All right. Young Josh is looking at, uh, Pamela Anderson centerfold first, first dirty magazine I ever had. And man, all my friends wanted to see it. Uh, I remember I had a birthday party at my house where my mom like gave it to me, not in front of everybody, but, but like everyone came over and literally like run into my room. Let me see it. Let me see it. <laughs> so, um, 
never had the experience of being out in the woods with a, with a, with a, you know, nudie magazine with my buddies. Uh, mine was, uh, mine was safe and warm and, uh, you know, in my bed. Um, anyways, um, so I just, I remember always having a crush on Pamela Anderson. She was big sex symbol. I watched the comedy central roast of Pamela Anderson long after I think she was out of the spotlight. I remember the, the sex tape when it came up, but I didn't really know a whole hell of a lot about it. And so I watched this documentary, which I would certainly recommend. Um, and she was one of those, uh, sex symbols that, that was always seemingly a very good person. Um, I didn't know much about her. All I knew is that she was the chick with the big tits on Baywatch and, and this, that, and the other, and the sex tape came out. And yeah, I saw that too. When I was, when I was, you know, whatever age I was, when it came out, I saw it then. And, um, and it wasn't until I watched the documentary that I like found out a bunch of stuff around it. Um, she had a, she had a tough life and, uh, she was a good person. And unlike the celebrities, like I think her sex tape leaking, leaking was the very first one, right? Cause now sex tapes are like a thing, but back then, and if you watch this documentary, uh, she did not, uh, leak that she, her and Tommy Lee did not do it as a publicity stunt. When you watch this, um, she was even offered money for it and, and, and turned it down. She's like, this is not about publicity. It's not about selling. This is pr our private stuff when we want it back. But it was like, but it was out there and it was just, there was no getting it back. They, they had people working on their house or whatever. And, uh, at one point, like, uh, Tommy, I think had a gun or whatever, and it was in a safe downstairs and someone was like, what about your gun? He's like, oh my God. And he runs down the stairs to make sure that like, you know, the gun is safe and the entire safe had been stolen. And in that state safe was also their sex tape. And so they, they had no idea who had stolen it or what, um, but it got out there. So it was never an intentional thing on her part, uh, to, to have it get out. Um, at least that's what she's claiming, but there has been several times, like her kids are in the documentary. A lot of people are on there and saying like, like over the years, not long after it came out, like someone from penthouse or whatever called them, uh, is it penthouse is Larry Flint and there's hustler. Those are the two that, that my mom had referencing. It's not hustler or penthouse. And I don't remember, I believe penthouse is Larry Flint. Maybe they both are. But anyways, whole idea is that like someone from like penthouse or hustler called and said, like, we want to buy the rights to that tape. Like we want to be the ones. And she's like, no, like I, that's not. We're not trying to sell it. We're not trying to capitalize on it. But of course they were in the media like crazy. And for her around that same time, like she was trying to do a movie. I think she was doing barbed wire or whatever. And she quite legitimately was trying to be an actress. She wasn't just trying to be some playboy model. She was trying to actually be an actress. Um, she's got a huge love of animals. Uh, as a lot of people know that she's, you know, uh, gives a lot of money and advocates on behalf of PETA. Um, which they can be a little extreme or whatever, but, but at the end of the day, it's people for the ethical treatment of animals. And, um, and she's, she did the comedy central roast, um, the whole, the whole, all the money that she made from that she gave to PETA. So she did it so that she could contribute. And apparently she's been somebody who's never asked for a handout or anything like that. She's always taken care of her family on herself and she's been very broke at times. Um, but it was just, it was cool to watch the documentary because she seemed uh, to be a particularly genuine person. Um, and it was cool to, to see someone who I had a crush on when I was young, you know, uh, just to see like, you know, what they were going through, have, you know, I, I like documentaries in general, but, um, it was interesting to see. Um, so I would certainly recommend the, uh, Pamela, a love story documentary. It is on Netflix. I'm sure you can find it elsewhere, but, um, that's where I watched it. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it guys. Um, uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Did not mash debate once during it. Okay. So it's not about, uh. It's not about that. All right. She's a person. Um, 
yeah, I've watched a lot of a lot of documentaries, and I got to spend a, a day when I got back, which is not super exciting in terms of telling the story, but I had a really good time. I got to spend the day with uh, with Crystal once I got back from Vegas, and we just did like, you know, day to day stuff. We just did our groceries and whatever, and it was just, uh, and we watched, of course, excuse me, the last episode of uh, The Last of Us. But it was just really nice to to see my lady after I got back from my trip, and uh, and I will tell you why. But it was yeah, it was just good. I, we we went out shopping. We grabbed some stuff for dinner. Um, I don't really remember what else we did. I think I, I, we watched The Last of Us, and I don't remember if there's anything else after that. But I just remember being like so happy to be home and so happy to see her. I missed her on the trip. I I I do like traveling, um, and I want to do it more than she does. Um, but I just, when I'm, when I'm traveling, I'm seeing things like it's always the, the thought I wish she, she was there. You know what I mean? I, I wish she was there. So that's all. It was nice to come home after my trip and see my lady. Um, all right, let's get into this trip shit. Okay. Cause I'm already half an hour in and I got to, I got to record another one of these things as soon as I'm done for you guys. The never ending demands of you mother. No, um, okay. Onesies I went to Las Vegas. All right. A lot of people trying to just think, how was Vegas? I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's weird. Eh? When you go to Vegas for five days, four days, whatever it was. And then you forget that you were there. I mean, I was there if you count the, the end of the day, Monday. So get it. All right. Um, I was going to have this episode ready for you guys beforehand. I want to record it on Sunday. I didn't get around to it and I don't remember why I believe I was working. Um, so I'm like, I had all my notes ready and no, this is what episode was that? Did I already record that one for you guys? Guys, am I, am I all over the place? I think I've given you that episode that I was supposed to give you. No, I was going to, all right. You know, I have no idea what's going on. I got no fucking idea what's going on guys. Um, well, I'll tell you about the trip. How about that? That's a weird little brain scramble. Cause I mean, obviously I would have had to record the episode that would have been ready for Wednesday. So I may have gotten to that or I may not have. That's really strange. Um, okay. Well, uh, we went to Vegas. We left, uh, in the afternoon on Monday and, uh, I just know that like, it wasn't expecting there to be a big issue at the airports, right? Nothing super horrible was going on. The weather wasn't particularly bad. I remember driving to the airport, clear, clear weather. Um, but apparently there was like snowstorms in Toronto at the time. And our, our flight was going to be from Ottawa, Toronto, Toronto, Las Vegas. And so we got to the airport got through security, went relatively okay. Um, the same issue that happened to me when I went to, uh, Mexico with crystal in January, um, happened, uh, happened again, which was so that I had my, my water bottle filled with water and I, I had it in my backpack. I've always got my backpack with me and I just had my water bottle full all the time. Well, they put it through the machine and, the fucking water bottles full. I'm like, Oh, and like, the thing is they won't just, they will not hand you your water bottle on the other side of security. I'm like, can you just give it to me? I'll just drink it. They're like, we can't put it back in your hands, uh, on the other side of security. So like you have to like leave all your shit that's metal and everything. So basically you have to abandon all your stuff on the back end of security, walk through the front, they hand it to you and you just go pour it out there. So I'm just like, Oh, chug it back through the thing and done. Um, I also have a little, uh, like phone stand, which works perfect. It works perfect on the flights for those, those types of seats where in front of you, there's no screen, but there's like a little hole for their menu or whatever. Well, this thing, like the way it opens up like a little tripod, you can stick the back leg into the thing. And then there's like two little flip, uh, two little, 
I guess, bracers that flip down in the front. So you can basically put your phone there. And if you're watching a movie, you don't have to hold your phone or, or stick it on the table. You can literally have it at eye level for, for the types of flights where your entertainment is, is on your own phone via Wi-Fi. So I bring that with me. However, it's very dense metal. It caused me big issues that, that when I record the playa, you know, episode you guys will know about, but uh, now I, I pack it. Um, I actually take it out of the, um, backpack and stick it right in the tray. So it's like, here it is. If you're looking for it, it's right fucking there. Um, so I did that, but of course my bottle of water was full, fucking irritating. Um, get through security, pack everything up. I also, uh, was telling you guys that I had bought a gimbal. Uh, and, and this and that. So while we were at the Ottawa airport, I was, um, you know, putting my, my, uh, phone in, in, on the gimbal and I was trying to take some shots. And even though I had spent hours and hours, uh, leading up to this trip, like watching videos on it, trying to figure out how it works, everything like that, feeling like I had a really good idea of it, just, uh, walking around the airport and, and trying to get some shots of the plane and stuff like that was, was not working the way it should have. Like, instead of just, you know, having a, a mode that just spins the camera, like it would spin and then it would start to shake. And for anyone who knows how to use a gimbal, they're like, oh, that's because the weight was off or whatever. It's like, no, I had it balanced. I calibrated it. Everything just out of the blue, it would start to mouth off at me. Um, and I'll get back to the gimbal later. Hopefully, hopefully I remember to, um, so I was like, okay, this is gonna be a vlog trip. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, work on on vlogging, and that way you guys will have a, a peek behind. Um, so I just I put the thing away afterwards. Our flight became delayed because of issues in Toronto. So it was like shit. All right, well our flight's delayed. So um, luckily it was like, well, so is the Toronto flights. So we're like, okay, we're not gonna miss our flight, but we are going to arrive later and later and later uh, in Vegas. So we get on our Toronto flight. Also late. Oh, we get to to, to Pearson, the Toronto airport. And as we're going through, uh, the airport, it, it sends us on a route that forces us to go through Pearson security again. So same shit. I hate going through security because every single one of them is different. Like the rules for them are different. This one, you got to take your shoes off. These ones, you can leave your shoes on this one, take your shit out of your bag. This one, leave your stuff in your bag. Like, so you can't prepare. Like I even bought, uh, these plastic belt buckle belts, so that like, I wouldn't have to take my, uh, my, my belt off at the airport because my, my, I'm a, you know, I'm a big guy. I haven't bought a whole lot of new pants yet, but I did lose some weight. So I take my belt off and I basically have one hand holding my pants on all the time. I take my shoes off. So it's like trying to like, like hobble through the airport with your pants. So I, I buy plastic belts because they're not metal. I can walk through security and have my pants stay on. Well, uh, one of the airports, nope, you gotta take your belt off, everything off, sir. It was just so fucking irritating. Um, you know, I took all my stuff out that every time, regardless, even though I took the, the little tripod for my phone out, they still, you know, take that bin and bring it to the side. And I got to wait to talk to them. And there's like, what is it? I'm like, it's just a little tripod for a phone. And they're like, okay, it's so dense. It looks like a knife or a stabbing tool. I'm like, uh, nope, it's just a, just a tripod. So, um, I didn't even use it on the plane, I think for the last couple trips. So I might just not bring it at all, but. You know, it's, it's, at least I know what they're looking for and I know to have it ready versus fucking around with other stuff. Hey, who do you got here? You know what? Let's, uh, let's bring this guy in for one, one quick sec here. I'm going to pause. So while I was, uh, while I was recording guys, uh, we got a call from Peter. I called him earlier to see if he'd be cool with jumping in on the podcast. So he was, he was returning my call. I thought I'd prep him to let him know that I've got the, uh, the, the podcast gear going, whatever. So I was just telling the onesies, Pete, you can say hi if you want. G'day, g'day. <laughs> g'day, g'day. Uh, I was just telling the onesies about uh, us going through security and me dr- dumping my bottle and everything like that. 
And then, uh, Oh, at the Ottawa airport. At the Ottawa airport. Yeah. And then how we had to go through security a second time at Pearson and how our flights were delayed. Yeah. Our flights were delayed because of snow. So I think that our flight, we just kept killing time. And I think our flight there, we didn't arrive in Vegas until like 12 PM, maybe a little later Vegas time. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas time. And, uh, so like at this point, Pete and I had been up, you know, it's like, it feels like 3am to us. We, we go down to the rideshare area. And when I, when the, as soon as the plane landed, I took a look to see what the prices are of like Lyft and Uber. And they was like, I think it was like, uh, 14 or $16 for Lyft. And I was like, that's awesome. But by the time we grabbed our shit, got off the plane and got to the rideshare area, that price had jumped up to like 30, 32 bucks or something like that. And (sighs) Yeah, it's like 1230 and I'm like, you know what? We're going to, I'm like, let me see what else there is. And there was like, it said like, we can have a ride for you in four minutes at like Uber, you know, at, at $32 or like share the ride and save. And you know, your ride will be from four to, you know, your, your car will arrive in four to 12 minutes. I'm like, I'll wait the extra eight minutes. And it was like, it was like $22. So it was like, we'd save 10 bucks. So I was like, I'll save 10 bucks and wait eight minutes. So we go ahead and we hit that. Which turned out to be what, like oh, a yeah. good 30, 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It felt like a long time. It counted time. down. It counted down Ooh. on the app where it was like, oh, you're, you'll have your, your rider will be there in four to 12 minutes, four to 11 minutes, four to 10 minutes, four to eight minutes, four to six minutes. And, it, and then as soon as the four minute, like as soon as it got down to like two minutes, it was like, eh, we found your driver. And like, cause it's like if looking for a driver, but it will be there in this. And it's like, we found your driver. Your driver will be there in 26 minutes. It was like, for fuck's sakes. It was pretty chilly in that parking garage too. It was like four degrees or something. Stupid. Yeah. It was record, record lows in Vegas. So it actually felt cold, uh, like, yeah. like cold, cold, not cool. But cold, it didn't feel like we'd actually flown several hours south, you know what I mean? Where the climate should have been vastly different. But we finally, like it's even telling us our ride is just us and showing us the route directly to our hotel at the Delano. It's like right as someone, as right as the guy arrives, it's like another ride's coming in and we're going the opposite way to drop them off first to what turned out to be like a seemingly sketchy neighborhood. Like didn't feel super comfortable being in that neighborhood. However, um... We, we, uh, our Uber driver was cool, uh, or Lyft driver, yeah. whatever he was. He was yeah. a really nice guy. And he was one of the only Americans I've ever met when I said, oh, we live in the, the capital. And he's like, oh, Ottawa. He was like one of the only Americans I've ever met that knows Ottawa is the capital of Canada. Um, and so I thought that was really, really cool. And he's someone who lived in Detroit and, uh, and you know, has lived in Vegas for seems like time. he he's been around. He's, he's traveled. Yeah. He's been to Toronto. He's been to Montreal, but it was just cool to know that. Like, I know a lot of people who've been to both those cities have no idea that about Ottawa or that it's the capital. Hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, we get to our hotel. Finally, it's like a good one thirty in the morning and, uh, we check in talked to a very nice gentleman behind the desk. We asked him if he would kindly give us a strip view. He goes, no problem. Gives us our key and sends us up to the room. Very nice gentleman. Very, very nice gentleman. Toss him 20 bucks for his help. Thank you so much for giving us an upgrade. And we head up to our room. Uh, we get in the door and I didn't notice it at first, but there was like two, like, let's say large McDonald's takeout bag, paper bag sized bags full of garbage. And, uh, we walk into the, the bedroom part of the, the, the suite and it's like big bundles of laundry. Like, like, like the linens have been balled up into big wads on top of the bed. And I'm like, all right, this room hasn't been cleaned. Um, just, we see the guy turn back in the room, see the garbage. And I was like, okay, the view's okay, but this room hasn't been cleaned. So I'm like, Pete, we're going back downstairs. We're getting another room. (laughs) So 
we go yeah. back downstairs. We're like, Hey, sorry to bother you, but that room hasn't been cleaned. And the guy's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Let's get you another one. I think he got us a room, like either a floor, one floor up or one floor down. But he said for the, uh, for the, uh, the, the, the error or whatever, you know, for the, for the inconvenience, we're going to put $150, uh, room credit or whatever resort credit on your account. That was a pretty nice, uh, little bonus. Oh, so hell yeah. I, I think it was worth, I think it was worth the 10 or 15 minute delay to get in our oh, 100%. Clean room. But, $10 a minute, yeah. $10 a minute for, uh, <laughs> I was fine with that. And we already had a $50, uh, resort credit on the, uh, on the account. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. So 50, another 150. I'm like, that's great. We can, you know, pay for breakfast, do all sorts of different stuff. Um, so we went back upstairs, definitely called it a night on that. Our very first. I feel, I feel like the time we crashed, it must've been like two 30, which is like five 30 Ottawa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it was. Yeah. And we woke up it. relatively early, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere between seven and eight o'clock local time. So we got maybe yeah. four hours sleep, five hours sleep the first night, yeah. if that. And, yeah. uh, we went down to the house of blues in the Mandalay Bay and we yeah. got, uh, we got some breakfast, cool little spot, nothing super fancy. You know, I think about 16, $17 for the breakfasts each. Um, like I think our first, our first check first bill that we paid was, was, uh, you know, I think 65 all in and that was including the tip. So, you know, we're like, Hey, charge it to the room. Cause the nice thing about the, the Delano is it's one of the MGM properties and all of the MGM properties, uh, are linked together. So you can charge shit back to your room. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you got resort credit, you can use it at any of the properties, uh, participating restaurants. They gave us a big sheet with easily a hundred different restaurants on it. So we had lots of options and, uh, and that was our first day we went to, we went to breakfast, we went back up and changed, and then we went out to the Las Vegas sign. So we walked down to the Las Vegas sign. That was our first opportunity to sort of check out the iconic Vegas sign. You got your pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do the stereotypical tourist thing. Hey, it's all good. I did did it my first trip. Uh, totally get it. And then that was when we had, uh, we jumped on the deuce. So this was my first time making full use of the deuce. I would totally recommend anyone who goes to Vegas, check out, I believe it's the RTC, uh, app or RTC pass or whatever the hell of the app is called. Um, but effectively, uh, there's a bus that goes up and down the strip 24 hours a day. Um, and it goes all the way down to old Vegas, downtown Fremont, whatever you call it. And, uh, and it just, it runs all the time. So Pete and I, I think by the time we were done at the sign, it was probably getting close to lunchtime. Um, maybe even a little bit later. And that was our first time jumping on the deuce. I activated the thing. You can just use your app and literally, you know, scan your passes on the app. It's, it was great. And, um, we jumped on the deuce right near the sign and took it all the way down to effectively where the strip becomes two-sided. So we passed, uh, uh, do you remember them, Pete? You remember the order from, uh, from where we were staying Mandalay Bay onwards? What? Oh, and the Delano and then the Luxor and the Excalibur. What is it? New York, New York. Fuck yeah. Look at how easy it rolls off the tongue now. You, you, he's been guys. He's been, he knows where, what, what's what. So we, uh, yeah, we took the, the bus and we dropped off right next to the MGM grand. And I think we got up, crossed over, went into New York, New York, tried to get a couple of drinks there. I think, uh, I don't remember if we had played slots that morning. I think I jumped on a machine for a couple minutes, but we were, I think we did. We did play that morning. You and I were going shot for shot and then we'd win like, you know, we take 40 bucks, we turn it to 60 cash out up 10 bucks, you know, hit another machine cash up a little bit. I know we went to New York, New York. We were waiting for a drink person. Never had, never had one come, never had one come. We played a machine for a little bit. Didn't, didn't do us any favors. Um, and so we, we walked down a little further. We, uh, we hit up park MGM 
which was a spot. I believe that first day was the day I was going to do my MGM gambling seating. So I, I did a lot of, yeah. I did a lot of gambling that day, but, uh, Pete and I, um, our plan was to hit happy hour at a little, uh, Mexican place called Letty's uh, in the art district near Fremont. And so we went to, uh, park MGM. We definitely got our drink on there. Cause I was putting, I could have put a good 200 <laughs> at least in the machines there. And it was taken from me, but we had a drink. We had drink people that just kept coming, kept coming. We met a, a nice couple from, I think, uh, they said, you know, Wisconsin or, or something. Colorado maybe. I, don't know. Yeah, I think call. Yeah, you're right. I think Colorado. Yes. But a nice little couple, they were shooting the shit with us playing some games, having a good time. And then, uh, and then after that, you know, Pete and I jumped out, I think it was our, we didn't, we didn't make it as far as Cosmo and the Aria or whatever. I think we, we basically crossed back over and jumped on the deuce to head down to Fremont. And that was our first time passing that portion of the the strip on this trip, right? It's Peter's first time seeing stuff like the Bellagio and Caesars and Paris and everything like that from the outside. Um, and so we went down to Fremont jumped off in what at like the first block looked like a sketchy neighborhood. Cause there is a period of, of space guys between Fremont and, and you know, the shadiness of the stratosphere, which is like the last thing on the strip, which just looks like shit. It's, it's like the, the neighborhoods go to garbage and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, this is not million dollar, you know, or million millions, if not billion dollar, you know, resorts. These are like crack shacks with the fences collapsed in on them or whatever. But we got off the bus and we walked maybe a block and we heard like rowdiness. And I was like, Oh God, the street hoodlums are going to get killed. And then we, <laughs> we get to the corner and it was like a nice, like upscale restaurant. And it was like a bunch of white bitches having wine on the patio. <laughs> that was the, <laughs> the squawking we heard from around the corner, but, but we made it into, to Letty's it was only a few blocks away and Letty's as soon as we get in the door, I see, uh, who else other than Norma Gelly, uh, or Norma Gelly as, as it said on her channel, um, from, uh, from Norma's channel. So she is like Mrs. Las Vegas in terms of like all the videos recommending cheap places to eat and where you got to go for brunch and hacks and ways to stay and places to go and things to see. Like she's, she's very likely the biggest Las Vegas channel that there is. There's some other ones as well that I love, but it was kind of cool because I knew about Letty's from her video. So to walk in the door and there she is, she was very cool. Took a picture with me, um, chatted for a few minutes and then Pete and I grabbed some, some happy hour stuff at Letty's. Uh, do you remember what you got Pete? Uh, so I ordered a few of the tacos. I got like a carnitas, a carne asada, the chicken, pollo, something. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah. And I got like a plate of nachos. Yeah. 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 Do you remember what you got to drink? Uh, I think I just got a Modelo. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes, you did. Yes. I yeah. ordered the margarita because I was like, yeah, you know, Mexican, whatever. Let's, let's you know, hand in hand, yeah. I'm go margarita. Yeah. It was one of their happy hour items. Anyways, I think I did the, the tacos. I did a couple empanadas or empanaditos or whatever they called them. Um, yeah. and then I did, I think I did three things. Yes. And I had a tamale. That was the third. Yeah. Tamale. Yeah. I, I had a piece of that. That was pretty yeah. good too. Yeah. I mean, everything was pretty good. The prices were reasonable. I think we spent about 20, 20 to 25. It was pretty inexpensive. Each. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was a good little spot for sure. Yeah, and everything handmade, fresh, whatever. Like the art on the walls was great. Like it was a, it was a great little spot, great little spot. Yeah. Um, and we had a good time. I know I was feeling full as fuck afterwards, and even a little drunk. <laughs> Again, we'd been drinking all day, people. We'd been drinking <laughs> all day. Um, and 
we then walked to Fremont and that was like that. Now this is my first time seeing Fremont at night. The last time I had been was with crystal during the day when we did the zip line. Uh, and it was very short lived, um, because we had to get back, uh, back down the strip to see a show. So Pete and I walked in at night where Viva visions in full effect. It's, it's on during the day, but when all the lights coming in or whatever, it's not as, as, uh, doesn't draw the eye as much. So we walked from, from the plaza one end of, uh, of Fremont kind of down the other. And there's all sorts of shit going on. Right, Pete? Like, it, yeah, street, street performers and like little concert areas and stuff like that. And, uh, just, uh, like there's like a bar on every corner. Oh yeah. Yeah. Slushy get, drinks and, and selling yeah, tall yeah. boys and anything you want. Yeah. Street artists selling their shit, street performers, like you said. Um, and of course like all the casino entrances are there. Too. All the You're old casinos. The, yeah. Yeah. Golden yeah. nugget and all that. Yeah. Circa yeah. Circa's one of the new ones, but Circa's there for Queens. Uh, I think there was even one called the Fremont. I could be wrong, but, um, and for those of you, when I mentioned Viva vision, what, what that is, that is a gigantic LCD screen. That's like, uh, you know, curved to cover the sky for, and it's like a good four or five blocks long. So it's just like a huge LCD project, like not projection, but an LCD screen above just showing all sorts of, they got different music. Peter had recognized that there was like a sign that showed you like between this time and this time, it's like this band or whatever, like. Yeah. But not necessarily a band, um, like performing is that it was like their, their music and stuff projected on the, on the screen or whatever. But it was, it was pretty cool. We walked all the way down to the end. Uh, we grabbed what a couple, couple tall boys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We had yeah. that already full, but we're like, fuck, we've been drinking all day in all fairness. We've been drinking all day. So it just felt unnatural to not be drinking at one point, I guess. <laughs> but I remember, uh, I think when we were finishing our drinks, we walked all the way down to the end and we saw the heart attack grill, the which is iconic, heart attack grill. the infamous yeah. heart attack grill. And yeah. Crystal and I had shared a burger while we were there, uh, the previous time. And I was telling Pete, yeah, the burger's not half bad. Um, so we're sitting there trying to finish our drinks and Peter was completely enamored with uh an old black man who was playing like, like steel hip- drums yeah, yeah. he's playing the steel drum and he's playing like old hip-hop songs on this steel oh, drum. and he would get all the notes right except for like the last one or two so he'd be like he was just fuck it up at the end. You're like, oh, well, there it went. But he was playing. Yeah, we lo- still tossed him. We still tossed. Oh him yeah, tossed him a couple bucks. Yeah, he. Uh, but but it was just he was good. He was good. I was just yeah, like, was oh great. fuck, buddy, you got to fucking close that strong. That was all it is. I'm like, fuck the notes up in the middle and then close strong when you were hitting at the end. Anyways, he was he was fine. And then we went into the heart attack grill. Now, when Crystal and I had gone. Um, we sat outside the, the, the shutters were up and they had seating that was basically, you'd sit like outside against a a bar and the server would be inside and you're sitting on the outside. Um, this time it was closed February too cold. So we went in and we got like the full experience. You go in, they put you in a fucking, uh, hospital gown and seat you at a table and they're telling you, you know, if you don't finish, you get spanked. If you do this, you do that, you know? Um, so we, we had just gone in there to uh and it was so funny because it was your idea peter you're like you know you want to do a you know you want to get a burger just try it out we'll just get a burger you know but it wasn't until we it wasn't until after we left that you you'd called it the name which we will refer to a few times <laughs> over the course of this trip but um it's so funny because he's like yeah give it a try you know what i mean well, let's have a burger i was like okay 
you know, like you want to split one? I'm like, nah, fuck it. If we're going to do it, let's, let's go each have a fucking burger. Like we're already full. <laughs> Half a burger is going to be too full. A full burger is too full. May as well just fucking try to try to do it. Right. Cause there you Big can mistake. get, yeah, there you can get huge burgers. They, it's all hospital themed. If you don't know about the heart attack grill, uh, the owners dressed like a doctor, the servers are all dressed like nurses. You're dressed in a hospital gown and the, the burgers are called the, the single bypass burger, double bypass burger, triple bypass burger. Like it's all, it's all how many bypass they got huge burgers Anything other than the single bypass, you're not allowed to share. So we thought about sharing one and we're just like, fuck it. Let's just get each get our own. Um, there's also a cattle scale outside where if you get on it and you weigh more than 350 pounds, you eat for free. And some beast of a human being walks up, gets on and he was like 353. I'm like, well, I guess he's eating for free. He's like, I win. I'm like, mm, do you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think you want to win. Um, the, the, we ordered our, we ordered our burgers. Didn't, uh, didn't get anything else. What was it? Like 75? I was disappointed, man. I was disappointed. A, like to me, nothing special. The best thing about it was like, we paid like a dollar to get like five strips of bacon put on it or something yeah, like that. The bacon surcharge. I think it was like six or seven strips for like a dollar. And but, they just totally forgot to put the chili on my burger. Or something yeah. Like that. So the yeah. regular burger they do guys is like tomato, onion. I don't believe they put lettuce on it. Tomato, onion, cheese, you get, or add the bacon. And then they put like some chili on the bottom, which basically flavors it. I don't think they put any ketchup or mustard or anything like no. that. Um, the only thing is that Peter's didn't have chili on it. We weren't really sure. I'm still eating it going, this tastes good to me. And it wasn't until you got to like the last couple of bites. That you're like, yeah, there's no chili on this. And yeah. I'm like, well, no wonder it's flavorless. Like, cause it's effectively just cheese, bacon and a burger. Like that would be plain as fuck. The buns were good. You really liked the buns on the burgers. Yeah. Yeah. It was like freshly baked. Like it, like it was a good bun. For yeah. Sure. Like, the quality of the meat wasn't bad either. Like it didn't, it didn't taste like. It lot. was fine. But dude, I was just so freaking full. When I got to the last third of that burger, I was dying. My stomach was about to explode. And I was like. I either finish this or I'm getting spanked. Yeah, yeah, that's so, right. <laughs> I finish this or I'm getting I spanked. I was like, I probably should have taken the spanking because I mean, that would have been I funny. I did end up with uh, gastro issues oh my not God. long after. But can you imagine if she smashed your ass and it exploded with mud? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been so funny. And I would have been filming it, so we would have just have it forever, like literally, because we, as yeah. we were sitting there, we saw people being spanked. And yeah. these nurses I think they were asking for it too. Probably those, those Australian dudes or whatever. Yeah. I feel yeah. like they're like military or something like that. You know what I mean? Like a bunch yeah. of, um, but yeah, they just like, and they were whipping these guys just fucking whoosh. Like it was like, what was it? What do you call it? It was like a, like a paddle, like, like a leather paddle, but it yeah. was like flex. It wasn't, it wasn't like solid. It was like flex. So like it, you could wind up and really get some momentum going in that thing. And I just know, like I was watching these guys like, okay, I wasn't worried about the spanking. I knew I was going to finish, but, but yeah, again, the dry burger, no chili, no real flavor. I can't imagine it being particularly enjoyable. And so we, we pay, we leave. And, and that's when Peter comes out and he's like, yeah, you know, we did a bang, bang. <laughs> we, did a, yeah. we did a, we did a bang, bang. <laughs> and that's something so that you guys know is, um, we used to watch the show Louie, Louis CK's show. And there was an episode where him and Robert Kelly, Robert Kelly, great comic who, who plays his brother. And they're talking about getting in shape. They're both bigger dudes, Robert Kelly, bigger than Louis CK. They're talking about getting in shape. You know, we should go to the gym, whatever. He's like, did it. I was like, yeah, but before we do that, you know, like, you know, we would do that tomorrow. Maybe we'll, we'll do a bang, bang. And they, they give you no, con they give you no context as to what a bang, bang is. You need to do a bang, bang. And, and Louis CK's like, 
Okay, but it's the last time. It's the last time. And so what they proceed to do is like, they're, it's basically like they go and they eat two meals, but it's like, we'll eat at an Italian restaurant and then we'll eat at like an Indian restaurant. And it's like, you sit down and order like an entree at both places. Now the whole idea is that you don't stuff yourself at the first one and then go on to stuff yourself at the second because you got nothing left. But the whole idea is just two full meals. And so Peter basically brought that up as we were leaving the Heart Attack Grill because we ate at Letty's, walked down the street, Maybe 30 minutes later, not even, we're eating at fucking Heart Attack Grill. Yeah, we're, we're, well, we were feeling a little peckish or whatever. <laughs> were we? <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we did a bang bang. We did a bang bang. Had, had, a, had a thing. And not the last of the trip, in all fairness. Um, yeah. We did. Uh, the, the thing was, though, we jump on the deuce and we get halfway back. And I don't think you were doing too well. I think you were. Oh, man. Right. I just, I, I was like so ready to puke. So like, so we get off the bus, we get off the bus and, uh, this is around park MGM. So we're, we're walking and I said to Pete, I'm like, I still have to spend the rest of my daily seed money. Like I still have to gamble the rest of it. And, uh, so we're going to go to park MGM because I think we both like it better because it's non-smoking. Yeah. So the air is just cleaner there. But as we get up, I'm like, all right, we're going to, you know, you're like, you know what? I think I'm just going to head back. I was like, okay, are you good? Like you got your key and everything. You know how to get, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm inside and I'm gambling away and I'm actually doing okay. Put like 40 bucks in machine. I'm gambling. It's like, you know, I'd go down low and it would get back up to 60 and then go down to 20 and then go back up to 80. You know, like it was just, it was up and down. I don't think I actually ever got to, to, to double my money, but it was like, it just kept me playing for a very, very long time. And I'm like, okay, this is fun. This is good. I get a text message. Didn't make it. <laughs> so, didn't make it. I'm at the. I'm, I'm at New York, New York in the bathroom. Can't leave. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, you're like, might take an Uber or something like that. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm almost done here. If you want, I'll, I'll come meet you and we'll we'll take the deuce back. Um, and the whole reason for that, in context, if anyone's thinking like, why didn't Peter just take the deuce? It's because I had the app on my phone, so I had both of our passes on my phone, so he wouldn't have been in a position where he could have jumped on the bus, you know, and, and got on. So I think, uh, I think I finished my, my money or like, no, I'm good. I'm whatever. I'm like, okay. So I just, I finished gambling, which wasn't too, too much longer. And then I walked outside, hopped in the deuce, got back. And when I got back, I think you weren't back yet. Or were you, did I, did I meet you there? Do you remember if you got oh, back, back at, back at the room? Yeah. Um, I, I think I beat you by a couple minutes. I, I think I, I think I walked in the door and then you, um, you got there probably about like two minutes after I did or something like Fair. that. You didn't end up, uh, yeah. you didn't end up Ubering, right? You walked back from, from no, I, I walked it all the way back. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, you would have crossed over by Excalibur, I think. Yeah. Through there in the Luxor and some dude, yeah, my way back. some dude accosted you on the street. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he was probably trying to scam me or something like that. And I, uh, just like quickly, found my way into the casino floor to just get yeah, far away. He's from like, brother, person. brother, I, I, <laughs> I need some help. I, say. I need like, some help. Yeah, Can you help me I'm out, friend? Here, I'm not from, yeah, yeah, you're like, I'm not from, that was the funniest thing to me. Like, I'm not from here. It's like, I couldn't possibly help you. I'm not from here. You know how help works. It has to be local. I support local only. Um, so funny. I, uh, I wrote down, I just wrote, we, uh, we checked out the Hershey store too, actually on our first day. Um, I'm looking here, took the deuce downtown. We walked to Letty's Fremont. We did, uh, the next day we did our status match status matched at, uh, at the hard rock, which was kind of fun. Cause we got to play some, play some games. And now, uh, unity unity's, uh, icon level with hard rock, which is the mirage basically. 
And uh, we played some games there. We didn't win much. We won a little bit. Went down to, uh, where was it? While we were at the Hard Rock, some guy came in with like a Ralph's Donuts or Randy's Donuts. And I was like, oh, that looks good. Right. I know you'd been hankering for some Dunkin' Donuts. So we're like, well, we got to go to Resorts World. We're like, where's that from? He's like, oh, it's from Resorts World. Like, okay, we got to go to Resorts World to status match anyways. So we ended up going down to Resorts World. I think we took the bus. It took a bunch of time to figure out how to get in there. Uh, they matched us, but none of their status matching, like all the cards are the same. So you don't even get like as elitist as it is. You don't get like a different color card. We played, uh, <laughs> we played some house of the dead game, which sort of sucked and then went and bought like Randy's donuts. And the funny thing is I'm like, Oh, what? Like which, which level? Like there's, they had like seven different levels, which is like every uh, shy of Caesars having like diamond, diamond plus diamond elite, and then seven stars. Even Caesars only has like six levels, but they got like seven different levels. None of them comp resort fees. Um, and all the cards, your cards, the same, no matter what, which like, if you're trying to prove to some other property that you're at a certain level, your card really doesn't show it on its own. You kind of need the app or something, but, uh, it was just like, it seemed like it was a waste of time. You know, we got the donuts, brought them back. And at no point during the trip, did you eat any of those donuts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, my stomach was like pretty crappy for a good portion of the trip. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. We yeah. had, um, yeah. And, and this was guys, this was like a $26 us half dozen donuts. <laughs> so like, yeah, they were, they were pricey. I remember there was huge apple fritters. They weren't, they weren't horrible. I did eat like the, the red velvet one and I had like half of their fritter. They were fine. They were fine donuts, but I think you really had to be hungry and in the mood. And we had uh, definitely been, been testing our system with free drinks and shit like that over the course of it. But, but that particular day, which I believe is the Wednesday we left, uh, the resorts world jumped on the deuce, went back to our hotel changed because we were having dinner at uh, Gordon Ramsay's steak. Yeah. And that was looking forward to that. Yeah. That was like one of the big headliners of the trip because, uh, you have been meaning to try, uh, beef wellington for some time being a fan of gordon ramsay and everything like that oh yeah well i've been watching you know his shows for the better part of the last whatever 20 years or something like that and like that's like one of the staple uh dishes at his restaurants and i was like yeah gotta have to try gotta gotta try it gotta try it and so we we went there we got a relatively nice table um what did you think of the beef wellington so i mean it arrived kind of cold which was a little disappointing. The flavor was fine. The, the, the meat was like super tender. Like it was, it was a good like cut of meat for sure. Like yeah. it was fine. I'm, I'm glad I tried it, but like, would I get it again? Maybe not necessarily, Yeah. but the sticky toffee pudding for dessert, man. Oh, that was fucking Woo! awesome. Excuse me. Yeah. The sticky toffee pudding, another one of his staples. Um, well, excuse me. I don't know what I'm allergic to right now. Um, yeah, I, I had the Wellington as well. And I actually used my, uh, my Caesars $100, uh, you know, anniversary dinner credit for that. So that was pretty awesome. Um, the, uh, the, 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 what do you call it? The, the beef Wellington I did find, I, I can't, I can't, and I know that's not what you're calling it either, but I can in good conscience call it cold. However, it wasn't warm long. You know what I mean? Like it was one of those things where it came to the table warm. And if you didn't eat it within the first like five to 10 minutes, it would be cold. Um, not sure why that is. Um, I did just recently, uh, I I can't really share because I haven't put that episode out yet, but, um, we have since had a different chef Ramsey's restaurant, uh, with Wellington and it also was not very hot. 
So uh, it seems like that's almost the way it's coming lately. Um, I'm not sure with something like as expensive as a $70 beef Wellington meal, um, you would want it hot or at least like quite warm. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Chef Ramsey was there. He'd be calling them donkeys and like, yeah, yeah. I like it. Well, it's not stone cold. It wasn't that cold, but it wasn't hot. And part of me is like, well, I don't want them to throw this away. Like they're throwing away a big cut of meat, but at the same time, it's like, but I'm also paying $75 us, which is basically over a hundred dollars Canadian. I don't think I'd eaten anything that day either. So I was fucking starving. So yeah, well, that was, uh, that was another, that would have been bang, bang number two because, um, yeah, because we had, we had our, our our Ramsey meal. We had our sticky toffee pudding, the sticky toffee pudding presented uh, amazing guys. They have like a, like brown, brown butter ice cream, um, that looks like a stick of butter. And then they got like a knife placed in it. So it looks like it's butter with, uh, with a sticky toffee pudding. And then of course the, the sticky toffee pudding is a round like cake and then they pour caramel and unbelievable. And so you have like a little bit of the cold yeah. ice cream, you know, with the, the hot cake and the hot caramel. Amazing. And the price on the sticky toffee pudding is only sixteen ninety nine, which you'd think oh, that's a lot of money compared to everything else. Fine dining, um, worth it in a heartbeat. Fucking you throw $20. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. 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 If you've never tried Chef Ramsay's sticky toffee pudding, you got to try it. Yeah. Um, we went to, uh, after that, we walked down the strip and we went to, uh, in and out burger. We walked down the, uh, the link promenade to the in and out burger. Pete had his first in and out burger and the review was like, meh, like not horrible, not, not it's, incredible. What were your thoughts? It's basically Wendy's. Yeah. And Peter. So, but I do have to say this, um, I like it except, you know, the last day I'll, I'll get to that, but it, it's very much like Wendy's. They're not expensive. So if you're on the strip and you're looking for a meal, that's like five, six bucks and you just want a hamburger, a cheapy, no question. Um, but yeah, it's like Wendy's. The only thing is Peter does not like Wendy's. So if you're somebody who likes Wendy's, yeah. the burgers like Wendy's, that tells you something good. I like Wendy's. Pete does not like Wendy's. It is like Wendy's. If you don't like Wendy's, you're not going to like in and out burger, but that would have been the second bang bang. Cause I think you just had a burger fries and a drink, uh, but not particularly long. Now in all fairness, the Ramsey's meal is not super big. You know what I mean? It's not no, like and that, and that was the. And I hadn't eaten at all that day. So uh, like, I just had that, you know, small little beef Wellington and like the sticky toffee pudding. And I was like, yeah, still hungry at that point. So, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's funny. We did, uh, we walked, I think we jumped on the bus after that. We jumped on the bus and we went down to the win. We had, uh, we had a couple of cocktails and we watched the Lake of dream show. Saw a couple mm-hmm. of little, little things like dream, nice little spot. Um, quiet that night. I'm surprised there wasn't more people because the aft cocktail lounge where we, where we had our drinks, it's right between Lakeside and the SW steakhouse. Um, it, right in the middle, it's not a lot of tables, but it was kind of quiet for, for the night. And again, for a place that has a free show, um, I had a, a, a rum, rum man, uh, what was it? Rum old fashioned, like a, like a rum old fashioned. Do you remember what you got Pete? Oh, I think I just got like a rum and Coke or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like we we went back to uh we we had a you know we had our drinks and left. They actually had these amazing like citrus chocolates that I don't even know what kind of citrus. It tastes like citrus orange cit or sorry, it tastes like chocolate like orange, grapefruit chocolate almost. grapefruit. Yeah, like it was definitely a yeah, chocolate citrus. Good. Um very very good. And then Pete and I were like, "Ah, well, let's go. Let's go gamble a little bit and see if we can get some free drinks." Um 
found a drink girl, which was our strategy. It was rather than like wandering around finding a machine and hoping that a drink girl finds us. It's more like, Hey, let's find where the drink girl is and sit right down at a machine there and get our free drinks. Well, we gambled, we sat down and there was a girl, two machines down from us. Um, I, if I remember correctly, her name was Anna and, yeah. um, and she was nice. She was just shooting the shit with Pete and I, cause the drink girl was right there. We ordered our drinks, waited for our drinks to come back. And she was, uh, in town visiting some family from Oregon and she was chatting with us and she seemed very nice. And then over the course of like the next little while, like our server changed. Um, and the next server we had named star, who was very nice, very chatty. The two of them, like it was basically like all four of us were talking. But, yeah. but the two of them were very chatty and then they started to get very like spiritual and, 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 uh, what do you call it? Uh, astrological. They're talking about astral <laughs> astrology and you know, Hey, you put yeah. things out. I believe in karma. And I'm sitting there like, Oh, for fuck's sakes. But it was funny <laughs> because, because like it was, they were nice. It was just so like, girl, I dig your vibe. And she's like, yeah, you're in fucking <laughs> chill too. You know? And like, I was just sitting there like. It was funny to me because I'm like this, the server loved us cause we were all being so friendly. So the idea is that like, I don't know if you guys know if while you're gambling, you know, you can drink for free, but I hadn't put any money into the machine for a while. I was just yeah. sitting, we were just sitting at the machine chatting at this point. Like everyone's just talking and star was awesome. Cause she just kept bringing us drinks, tipped her and everything like that. But she would just keep bringing us drinks, even though we weren't gambling. So at this point I had put $20 in the machine early. It's already gone. And now we've had like five drinks or six drinks, you know, we've had our money's worth. Definitely worth had it. our money's yeah. worth. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. but the person we're with gets progressively and progressively more drunk like Anna and again, nice girl, but she had mentioned, uh, you know, she was working. I remember like she got up to go to the bathroom at one point and then I had to go to the bathroom afterwards and I saw on the way back. Like she, she was nice. And she had said to us at that point, like, Hey, what are you guys doing later? And this is already like fucking 11 o'clock at night. You know, we're like, probably not much. I'm like, you know, maybe head back to our, you know, hotel, whatever, not going, not anything going on. She's like, oh, I was going to go get like some Taco Bell or something like that. Like da da da. She was like, she, I guess it, uh, without her saying directly, like, do you guys want to hang out later? It just seemed like the, the roundabout way of asking us like, Hey, you want to hang out later? What are you guys doing later? You know? You don't, I guess you don't mm-hmm. ask someone, you're not like, Hey, so you got any shows, any plans? Like, like you guys got, I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like she was asking, Hey, what do you want to do later? So we chatted with her. Then she gets up to go to the bathroom. And after a little while I have to go to the bathroom and I noticed on the way back, she's, uh, talking to some older guy, you know what I mean? And they're just talking. I don't give a fuck. Again, I see her way in the distance, way down the, the hallway the, in the direction of the bathroom that I need to go. And at one point they like pull out their phones. They seem to be exchanging some sort of information or something. They nod at each other, whatever. And then she starts walking back towards where we were. And at, at the moment towards me. And I remember her like making eye contact and like, she didn't seem like surprised or whatever. Again, she'd been drinking, but there was something like, I was just like, who the fuck was that? Like out of the blue, right? Like, uh, not a possessiveness, but just like, oh, out of the blue, she's just talking to some random dude. Didn't say she was here with anyone, especially not some older guy. And, uh, I was just like, oh, Hey, hey who's that? You know what I mean? Just nonchalantly. And she's like, mm, shrugs. I was like, oh, okay. Like that was a big red flag to me. I'm like, okay. So you're just talking to some guy. I mean, this is still Las Vegas. Right. And I've watched a million videos where it's like 90% chance the person's a prostitute, but this is not <laughs> someone who came up and like approached us and sat down next to us and start, you know what I mean? 
like we she was literally at the bank of machines when we sat down it just happened to me that she was talking to the drink person and we wanted the drink person so i was just like at first i'm like ah whatever like she was just chatting with us what are you guys doing later to me that was like mild red flags but again we had been chatting a while we she had not propositioned us for anything and so i was just kind of like hmm. but as soon as i was like oh who's that she's like i don't know i'm like you just were talking to some dude, you pulled out phones, looked at each other, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, this has got to be your pimp. I'm like, what's going on? You working anybody? Like, you know, let me know. It's <laughs> That's literally what I thought. And so I go to the bathroom. Now she's back at our seats, right? So I go to the bathroom. I even asked like one of the other drink girls and like one of the security guys. I'm like, is that a thing? Like they sit down and you know what I mean? Like they work they work the bitch right here. And I'm like, well, if you want us to kick her out, like, just let us know. I'm like, well, I don't know. She's a prostitute. And I certainly don't want to be rude, but I'm just like, is that the thing where you're just, they'll just start talking to you if you're already at the machine and ask you what you're doing. Like, it's like, what's, you know, I'm like, I just, I go, my buddy's chatting with her. He's single. You know, she seems nice. She's, (laughs) but I'm like, she is doing all of the engaging of the conversation. I'm like, I don't want my buddy to get stabbed by a fucking hooker or whatever. Like I think, oh, I'm going to leave them alone. I'm a good wingman. I'm like, I said, I just leave my buddy alone. He comes back naked banging on the door. She took everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Which would have been hilarious. (laughs) I still don't want that to happen to you. Um. So I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, so I asked them, they're like, you know, like, they're like, it's Vegas. There's lots of stuff. Like, it's, it's not for sure. But at the same time, like if they, they basically just said, if you feel concerned, you know, let us know. So I was like, all right. So, uh, we get back and I'm just, we're all just talking cause she's there. Right. Star probably brings us another drink at this point. And I just remember at one point she gets up to go to the bathroom. I'm like, dude, I think she might be a hook or whatever. Um, which I, I, like based on, and, and I think that the, in the last bank of time that she was there, she also mentioned sort of out of the blue that she like either was, or used to be a dancer, like stripper yeah. dancer. And I'm like, Oh, like that to me again, that was like a red flag ish thing. I don't, cause none of us were talking about stripping or anything about that type of industry. So for her to bring it up, I'm like, Oh, does she want like your head to go to that place? Like, Oh, let's think naked and sex and stuff. You know what I mean? So I was just like, ah, is this like her leading towards, I'm just like, ah, I just don't, it could also just be a slutty chick. Who's like, I, you know, I want some, who knows? I don't, but it, it also, I've talked on the podcast many times about how I think anytime a woman has any interest in me at all, that it's not a real thing. It must be something completely different. Cause there's no chance. Um, but so yeah, my, my, my mindset is always skepticism. But I think that we're like, all right, let's go. But she caught, like, she saw, like, she got back before we could fucking sort of ninja bounce. And then she followed us out to the the street there, at which point, you know, it was like, okay, well, we don't want to leave. Now she just seems like a drunk chick here. So we didn't want to feel bad. So I put her on the bus to the, the, the taco place. And that was the end of that. And when we got back to the room, it was kind of like, well, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that's over. I'm glad that's over. That was a, a weird Yeah, thing. I felt a little uncomfortable, you know, my spidey sense was tingling. Exactly. You know, I'm glad it, I'm glad it ended just, well, but I just remember it yeah. was, it's something that started off great and it's like, Oh, just someone to talk to or making friends. And then just as she was drinking more and the, the subject went less and less from like, oh, I'm just hanging out here with family to like, I used to be a stripper and what are you guys doing later? It's like, Oh God, not getting stabbed. Thank you. But <laughs> I think, uh, I think Thursday was a better day for us. I don't remember really what we did during the day. Oh, we went to Excalibur buffet. Yeah. And yeah. that was great. I think we slept in a bit cause we had been out late that night, but we went to the Excalibur buffet 
we got to stand in the gold line, which was great. Bypass all the other losers. <laughs> so funny. I even told Jay that line, you know, and you're like, oh, what are the poor people doing? I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're standing in line for this buffet. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure they're standing in that other line. The, um, it, it was, it was a decent enough breakfast. I know that, uh, for the price point and everything, like we had a two for one thing, and we ended up charging the, the, the buffet to the room. Cause it was like our second time actually eating at an MGM property, uh, like two days later. So we did, uh, we did the wind buffet, or sorry, the Excalibur buffet for breakfast. And then we went to, uh, what did we do? We went to CVS to get some water and some, some different sort of stuff. And then we took the bus down to the Venetian. But we pit stopped right outside the Venetian is like the, the casino Royale right next to it. Went inside. Uh, I grabbed a, there was a fat Tuesdays. I grabbed like a $30 fucking drink stick. The big slushy. The yeah. big slushy, big slushy part of the culprit, I believe. Um, but big ass <laughs> drink slushy for 30 some odd dollars. And then we go into casino Royale and casino Royale has like a match deal where if you, you know, uh, if you put in 20 bucks, they'll give you 20 bucks. And so, uh, I had already done that in May with crystal, but Peter hadn't, and I know that he wasn't super like enthused, but I'm like, ah, fuck it. Let's do it. So I sat down on the machine. I'm like, I'll float the 20, I'll throw it in and then I'll just match yours, whatever. We ended up hitting like, like by the time we were all said and done, like, I think like 50 or 60 bucks, which paid me back my 20 and then the 30 I'd spent on the drink. So it was basically back to zero from popping into casino Royale. And then we went to the Venetian and we you know, basically walked around. What'd you think of the Venetian? We saw like the canals and, and all that. Yeah. Very cool. Um, like just how they've got, uh, that mall all set up there. And like, you just take a gondola ride around, like it's fucked how much money they put into these places. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they have like, they, what looks like skies on the inside or whatever. I think that first day yeah. we had popped into Paris too. I just remembered we'd popped into Paris and I had actually got an upgrade on my room. I found the diamond member entrance, which was like a tiny little room off to the side, which was awesome. I'm like, great. All now right. that I know this is here, I am not waiting online the day I check in. But, uh, I popped in there and I asked them about the reservation I had because I wanted to make sure I had a room that was like facing the Eiffel tower and they took care of all that for me. They're like, yeah, we got a room for you right here. It'll be on a high floor facing the thing. And I was like, you guys are amazing. Toss them a little bit of cash. Thank you so much for that. Done. Um, I don't even remember if we played anything while we were in Paris, but we, we, that's when we, we left and continued on down. But at the Venetian, you and I, uh, decided to play a little, well, you, you had got the ball rolling on it cause you played a little bit of like, uh, what video blackjack or video roulette. Um, yeah, it was one of those automated roulette machines. Like it actually has the roulette table in it, but it's like just operated yeah. automatically kind of thing. Yeah. There was one that was looked kind of like a sports book when we first got in where there's big screens. And then we yeah. went into, I think where we started to really play was at the, the, uh, Palazzo when we were in the Palazzo casino floor. Cause I, I basically signed up for the, the Grazi card, their, their rewards program. And they were like, if you hit a hundred points, come back. Cause you get to spin the wheel. And I was like. That's all I need. Uh, like incentive. Yeah. I'm a fucking consumer and a sucker. So I was like, all right, let's fucking do it. Um, so we, uh, we're, I, I think I played like a, a couple of slots or whatever, but Pete was doing good on, uh, on the roulette in the sense that like you were doing this system and I, I can't remember the name of it. It's like the Marco or it's, it's an M name. I looked it up on online the other day, actually, but a system where it's basically you bet like either red or black and you stay on that color and then the idea is that if you miss, you double your bet the next time and then you double it again until you hit and you basically win five bucks. 
Uh, and then you do it, you need to follow the same system starting back at $5 again. And that's a, it's a way to slowly be able to build back up. Um, when I watched online, a lot of these places were saying that like a lot of these table limits will be like 500 bucks. So they're like, you, you can only go like seven deep before you max out and then you can't, you can't get the money back. Whereas I think we looked and like the max was like $3,000. I don't know. It was something absurd. Nothing, nothing I would have. Yeah. Nothing spent. we would have done, but it, but it would have bought you <laughs> further depth, uh, into the, uh, into the system. Yeah. yeah, like you could go further to get your money back. You'd have to go on quite a tear the opposite way uh, to lose the money. But um, we, Pete played for a little while in that and then, you know, luckily got even, whatever. And then I was kind of like on board with watching you play it. Plus it was racking up the the tier points. I was like, we were at like 30 or 40 points. I'm like, oh, we're we're getting towards that hundred. Spin the wheel. Who knows? Maybe we win a thousand dollars or something like that. Like, <laughs> might that be great? So we started like playing together. I think at one point, like I had you egged on where it was like your last spin and it was like, fuck. And I'm like, well, hold on. Let me, I'll throw the 20 in to float that strategy in last time. And then it hit. Right. So it got you like your money back or whatever. And I was like, well, do you want to do it together for a little bit? And we ended yeah. up like, we ended up like, uh, like, like not really up much. I think like the highest we were ever up was like 20 or $30. Yeah. I think but, uh, in the end we probably walked away with like 20 bucks or something. Like that. Yeah, exactly. But it was like, we were like down a hundred and something at one point. It was just at like, one point. Yeah. yeah so it was, it was freaky. It was freaky. Um, but it was like the biggest roller coaster ride, right? Uh, I'm walking around with my giant slushy. <laughs> First time I had actually felt like not drunk, but it was it was the most inebriated I had been on the trip thus far. Um, but it was fun. We hit our hundred points and spun the wheel and we won like twenty five dollars in free play. Threw it in a machine, and I think we won like eight bucks off of it. Like we were able to actually withdraw eight dollars. So it wasn't a huge, huge victory, but we hit our hundred point thing. We got to spin the wheel, had some fun with that, definitely killed some time up and down. And then um at that point we left and we went to the um we went to was it yeah, we we saw the uh the the, the volcano show. We went back up the strip and we saw the volcano. Oh, to the show. mirage. Okay. Yeah. 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 To watch the volcano show, which wasn't bad because at the end of the year, it's going away. So a show that's been there since like 1989, uh, definitely had an opportunity to see it. And, uh, and it was pretty cool. Like, it, and you know, not going to blow your mind with anything, but for something that started in the, the late eighties, it was pretty, pretty cool to see. And, uh, and then it was off to Steve Byrne, see Steve Byrne at, uh, at Jimmy Kimmel's comedy club. But on the way I stopped in the casino Royale and I got one of their two ninety nine fucking hot dogs. So a drunk stomach and then a dirty hot dog. And it did look and taste dirty. Um, <laughs> we walked down the strip because I wanted to try chef Ramsey's sticky toffee pudding pops. And I think you did too. Uh, cause that's at the, the, the Gordon Ramsey fish and chips. I was like, yeah, let's try like every, every Gordon Ramsey restaurant apparently does sticky toffee pudding, but a different variation of it. So they're like, the guy at the front is like, oh, fuck, man. I'm so sorry. Rid of the pops. And I'm like, oh, like really want to try them. He's like, hey, do you want like a milkshake instead? I'm like, not really. Like, oh. I don't need them. He's like, ah, oh, let me, let me, I'll get you one for free. He's like, so he gets me free. I think I gave him like two bucks. Like, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. He gave that to you for free. Oh, I man. told you that. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. gave me the thing for free. And I ah, tossed yeah. him like two bucks because he was like, he saw I was disappointed. But I was like, oh, it looked fucking delicious, by the way. I'm not going to lie. It was delicious, except we were going to a comedy yeah. show. And I think I just like yeah. eaten a hot dog. I had booze in my stomach and I'm chugging. It tasted yeah. like there was quite literally like, like mushed up sticky toffee pudding in this milkshake. It was delicious. It was delicious. Yeah. It's yeah. just that I'm like power chugging a milkshake, like with a hot, like it was, it was a mix of gross stuff. 
So we, we actually said hello to Steve Byrne on the way to the club. He's like the kind of guy where like most people are not going to even recognize him on the way by, but I recognized him. So we said hi to him, said, we're here to see your show, blah, blah, blah. The early show at Jimmy Kimmel's comedy club was uh, Adam Carolla, who we stood next to as he was saying goodbye to people, you know, on our way in. And then we got up, saw our, our show. Um, what did, what did you think of it? What did you think of the, of the Steve Byrne show? Okay. So, I mean, um, most of the, uh, opening and feature acts were kind of disappointing, like almost like open mic level. Yeah. Like, like these guys, these guys were like amateurs, most of them. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, once, once Steve got on stage, it was such, um, I don't know. Like you could tell he, the guy's a pro, like he's been doing this a while and, um, just his, um, his stage presence and uh, just how he, I love how he like attacks the audience and just fucking doesn't hold back and goes after them. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. He was, um, he was definitely, definitely pro. His, his crowd work is fucking awesome. Um, he, he's got some really good um, one-liner jokes. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them I had seen in his special. So he was like doing material that he did put out in his last special, but it still made me laugh. Um, by the time, like they got to the end of the, of the night and he brought out a couple of the other comics and then they started doing, what was it? Some sort of like dance competition where he they said, brought like, like, he's always wanted to be stage. in a boy band. I've always wanted yeah. to be in a boy band. And yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He started bringing up audience me there. Around. Yeah. Yeah. And they were putting on like a, um, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. Like basically a strip tease show for like this one woman that he brought up on stage. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was a, it was an odd way to end a show, but, uh, but anyways, uh, it was cool to see him. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, I, this was my, and again, I, I think, uh, to, to me, I, I still respect your opinion because you're somebody who has watched a lot of stand up uh, live. You've seen stand up specials, and now you've seen like some shows in the states, like a little bit different. I I was saying that like um, I I, uh, I was saying I didn't really. I think that in Canada, our open micers, like like everyone from the below headliner level, is stronger than like like pound for pound. Um, up and coming comics in Canada are funnier than up and coming comics in the States. Um, however, like pound- on any given night at absolute comedy, you would see funnier people than yeah, the, than what than we the saw opening of feature acts. Yeah. And honestly, I would argue that based on that show, probably even better than Steve Byrne as the headliner on average. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Because the thing was like, we had, there was like an opening act who told like very predictable jokes. The middle guy was kind of okay. And then his, like, I guess the guy was supposed to be his big feature act or whatever. Uh, just, he looked, he had the goofy, he looked like some sort of Jimmy Neutron, Dane cook, big fucking teeth, uh, hair, like <laughs> big poly D fucking blowout fucking hair. Uh, he looked like he, a cross between like Ben Stiller and Lou Ferrigno. Um, yeah, 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 that's, that's fair too. Like he just, he was such a goofy, 
Like his jokes weren't great. The best joke he told was a joke about like the difference between Ben and Jerry's and Hagen Dazs, and it and it it started off strong and then just really fell apart. Like as a joke should be building towards a big kaboom. This was like it fizzled out. Like it was cute about how like you know the Hagen Dazs has like a protective seal, but it's just like a little wrap around the Ben and Jerry's. You know, like just different, different sort of, uh, you know, it was kind of like, okay, interesting. Cause he was equating it to like a woman, right? Like, oh, this woman, that, and da, da, da. And I, uh, I, it started off like, okay, this could go somewhere. And then it just kind of went to nothing. Um, I, uh, something about sticking it in the back and, oh yeah, this it just didn't make any sense. Like, like the, the, the similarities were very, uh, the, the parallels between ice, the ice cream and a woman made sense at first and then it just fell apart. And that was like his strongest joke. Um, and then when Steve came out, yeah, like he's got the stage presence of a headliner. No question. World-class. No question. Very good stage, stage presence. I found his crowd work. Um, I didn't, I didn't think it was great because he used a lot of tricks that a lot of comics use with crowd work. And we're not talking like a variation, like quite literally, there's like an old stand-up joke where it's like, oh, it's your birthday. Well, I'm not going to ask you how old you are. Like to a woman, of course, so I'm not going to ask you how old you are. Uh, how much do you weigh? It's a, it's an old thing that's been done a million times. And so it's like, oh, that's way worse. Um, he did it. That's he did that. That's making me laugh right now. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those things like Steve Byrne didn't write that joke. It's been around him for yeah. forever. And it was like, it was a lazy thing. So as much as it gets a reaction, it's like, that's, that's, that's a, a, a an old one. It's an old trick or whatever. So I, I wasn't impressed by it. Actually, it made me kind of like, oh no, like he's not going to be that guy. Is he the one doing jokes? Everybody's fucking done. Oh, he was fine. But I just mean like, yeah, and he, he was, well, like, yeah, he was fine, but you know that the cardinal rule in comedy is stealing jokes. And while that's not like stealing from yeah. one particular comic, it's, it's a little hacky. Um, and sure. I've seen okay. Steve Burns stuff before and he's not a hack. So seeing him do kind of hacky shit was a little disappointing, especially after like the 40 minutes of like shit comics that had preceded him. I was just like, oh fuck. I'm like, yeah. this isn't what we waited for. Is it? Um, but he started doing like one liners and, um, now you I said his material. Him. Yeah. I like his material. I don't feel like he did a lot of material. Cause I remember you No, saying he didn't that, do like, a lot. He, no. Um, and like I said, like a lot of the one liners were straight out of the special, but, um, but it's good stuff. Well, for, for, um, for anybody who doesn't know, Steve Byrne does have a special on Amazon prime called the last late night. And I, I'm friends with Steve Byrne on Facebook and I, I saw a lot of posts and things like that, that he was putting, uh, putting out it leading up to this, the special, uh, being released. And one of the things that like, I'd said, it was just a written post and he was talking about how like years ago he wanted to do like a late night talk show kind of looking special. And he thought that, you know, he'd be fine to do it, but he realized that the, the writing for like late night talk show stuff is not the same as writing for stand up, And so he had to, to learn how to write kind of like monologue type jokes and stuff like that. So when he was standing there reading out of his book, which always is a bad look to me, you know what I mean? Like Jason, uh, here at absolute comedy has given comic shit for going on stage with notebooks. He's like, listen, if you're, if you've got six minutes, you know, and, and you only get one spot a month, memorize your fucking jokes, like go up there. On the be, <laughs> don't be reading out of a fucking notebook. Um, That's fair. now headliners and stuff like that, Jason doesn't yell at them or anything like that. But at the end of the day, it still doesn't look 
very professional, right? You don't have uh, people on a Broadway stage running over to look at the script while they're performing. You know what I mean? Like at that yeah. point, it's expected that you know what you're going to do, especially when he only did like five or six one-liners. But I remember he did a joke about how, oh, there's, there's all these biopics coming out these days, right? They had the 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 Elton John one and they had the, 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 you seem like trying to remember the, the, the queen one because he couldn't remember Freddie Mercury's name. And he's like, they just did Elvis, you know, they're going to be doing a Jeffrey Epstein uh, biopic. It's like all those guys were musicians. Jeffrey Epstein was not, <laughs> but it's like, um, you know, uh, they have a Jeffrey Epstein, uh, documentary coming out. It's going to be played with, uh, George Clooney. George Clooney's going to play Jeffrey Epstein. And it's called, Oh, she's 11. So it was like, it was like a bit of a buildup for like a pun. A lot of them were puns. They did a bit about how a, a penis, a discarded penis was found at a gas station. He's like, remember when gas used to only cost an arm and a leg? It's like, <laughs> so I found them to be a little like, eh, yeah, they're definitely like late night one-liners. I'm like, he's still in that mentality of like writing that type of joke. So it was kind of like a bunch but of that was the theme work. of his special. Sure. But we didn't come to see his special. We came to see stand up comedy. Yeah. So I, I didn't hate it, but I'm like, if you're going to be doing stuff from your special, uh, it'd be nice to see some new stuff. So instead you're like, we were like yeah. watching him do crowd work for like 30 minutes. Then he did stuff yeah. from his special that were like one liners that were like, eh, like I, if he was crushing with jokes and then did some of these one liners and be like, all right, it's filler. They were okay. But that was the weak part of the show. But when his material was also like, ugh. It's like, oh, it was tough. I mean, and then, and then he, he's like, all right, we've been, you know, going for a while at this point too. I'm starting to not feel well. It's late. Show was supposed to start at nine 30 PM. Instead it starts at like what? 10, 10, 10. Yeah. And then it went long. So it's like, like at this point, it's like close Everything to is midnight. After midnight. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like admin. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, that's my one last thing I'm going to do. Um, before we get out of here. And, uh, I always wanted to be in a boy band when I was young. And then he brings like two of the other guys who were on earlier back out in the stage, which I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what them being there brought to the table at all. Um, it was almost like, Hey, let's do three person crowd work. And that way, if one of us doesn't have something to say, the other ones do. Um, so he brings them out and then it's like, he picks like, like eight people out of the audience and gets them to stand on stage. And then oh, one one woman's birthday was was tonight so let's bring her up on stage they sit her in a chair so again the whole idea is like i want to make a boy band but then they sit a woman on the stage in a chair facing them her back to the audience and it's like uh okay now now everyone every boy band you know every member needs a name so they would do like five minutes of build up and then be like your name is Horsecock." Right. And it's like, ha ha, the name is funny, but it's like, why are we taking so long? So it was like, it was like a good, realistically trying not to exaggerate a good 15 or 20 minutes to give all these guys on stage a name, which just burned through time, like needlessly. And then what was the, the song they were going to sing? I don't even know because the point of it was that the music would come on and they would all just go and give this woman one time at another, like one after another, a lap dance. So it's like, that's not what boy bands do. (laughs) <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like this is, it was just, uh, it was bad. And the payoff is like the, ever the laugh is like an improv troupe, right? We're not laughing at your material, Steve Byrne. We're laughing at a bunch of audience members trying to give a stranger a laugh dance. You know what I mean? It was a disappointing end to the show for sure. Yeah. And so like yeah. overall, like I said, professional stage presence, I think to me, it's like we're, we're watching a guy who's doing uh, who's doing a special or sorry, who's, who's headlining, 
uh, too close to the release of a special. Like he shouldn't be. He hasn't, he hasn't got the material yet. Yeah. Yeah, He should be doing spots at like the comedy store and, and stuff like that, doing five little five, six minute spots to work in the material and then be like, okay, I'm good to headline. Get your, those, those spots at the comedy store for like 15, 20 minutes are still paid spots. You can still make a living and stand up for a little while while you build the material, but, but headlining with like a bunch of crowd work and improv stuff. And then, and then, and then the only jokes are the things that we just saw in your special. Like that's, I thought it was kind of shitty. Um, I still like the guy. I still think he's great. I still think he's a wonderful human being, but I just, I was disappointed. Like, like it would, like he, the amount of shows that I've done with the headliners and then being a headliner myself, when the show ahead of you sucks, like, you're like, fuck, I got to bring it to make up for that. And then when you don't, you're like, oh, like not when you don't, but like, but then as an audience member, if it's just like, it's a shit show start to finish. You know, me and my other comics and I will look at a lineup of a show and then we'll see like what the lineup is. And you'll literally say like the headliner, like, oh, that guy's got a lot of fucking work. He's going to, he's going to have a lot to make up for by the time he gets to the stage. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) but I mean, didn't hate it. However, on our way back, I started to feel not well, not, not super bad or anything like that, but, but not well. What did we do afterwards? We basically just went and got on the bus and went back. Right. I think we just, yeah, went back to the hotel. Oh, uh, but before we went up to the room, I remember sitting down at the Willy Wonka machine and throwing in 20 bucks and winning a hundred. And I was like, fuck yeah, I wasn't going to do it. Cause I was like my last 20 of the day, but I was like, boom, hundred bucks. We're back in business, baby. And then, uh, and then I went, uh, then we went up to, we went up to bed and throughout the course of the night, I started to get sick to my stomach, nausea. I felt like shit. I went to the bathroom several times and tried to, to poop it out see if I can get rid of some, some horrific cargo was not to be, it wasn't until like the next morning, early morning that, that when we were both up and I was like, dude, I am not doing well. Like I do not feel well. And I remember you were encouraging me to like, yeah, just chuck it up, man. Just go stick your finger down your throat (laughs) or whatever it is. And I just, I don't know why I just can't do that. I just can't. But over the course of the morning, I, I threw up a couple times. I remember I took my pills too, like my, my acid reflux pills and my, my things didn't bring spares either, which was terrible, terrible lesson learned. But I remember at one point I took my pills and then like within two minutes I was throwing up everything in my stomach. So I was like, well, this is gonna be a rough day without my, you know, acid reflux medication and stuff like that. So I just, I, I, I think luckily we had gotten a 3 PM checkout because normally checkouts 11 AM we had gotten a 3 PM checkout. Um, and just like, I stayed in bed as long as I think it wasn't until like one o'clock that I actually got up and started packing, but I was laying in bed suffering. We watched Harry Potter movies <laughs> as the, as the morning went on and uh huge shout out to you. Cause that was a terrible day. It was um, a shitty, yeah, it was kind of a shitty, uh, shitty last day we had there. Uh, you, I mean, you look terrible. Yeah. I like, know, so I, not much you could do. No, our plan was like, we tried to do it the day before, but our plan was that like on the last day, because our flight didn't leave until late in the evening. And it was like, it's supposed to be 11 PM. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be like 11 PM. So like when we we're booking the trip, I'm like, that's great. We'll check into the hotel. We'll leave our bags with the, the bell desk. And then we'll just go and wander around the last day and do the things that we missed. Instead, I'm waking up. Like I can, I, I can barely move. I, I had vomited and, and expelled so much stuff out of my back end that like I was so dehydrated. Um, I had a brutal headache. I felt terrible. I was drinking water with like Pedialyte and electrolytes all day. 
And finally, like at one o'clock, it's like, well, there's nothing I can do. Um, we gotta, we gotta pack and leave. And I remember by the time we finally got everything packed and, and left or whatever, um, I went down to the desk and I was even just like, what, how much is it going to cost me for another, like for a room for the night? Just because like the whole trip was free. We got comped everything. They handed me a bill for 17 bucks, which was basically just our tip at, at the house of blues and at Excalibur, like everything else was comped. Um, and it was just like, I'm like, I'm like, if I have to pay for one room, like just literally at this point, we have hours before we leave and I, I can't, I can barely move. You know what I mean? I feel so shitty. To the point where like, where they're like, yeah, everything's booked. I guess there was like a volleyball tournament, dude. There was, there was teenage girls everywhere on the property, everywhere. And, and their parents, of course, but it's just like, there was just so many young women everywhere. I asked them, they're like, they're like, we're a hundred percent booked. Like there is no rooms, whatever. We're 100% booked. I was like, oh fuck. I'm like, do you think the Mandalay Bay? They're like, they might. And I opened up the app and I looked at the price and the price for one night, the Mandalay Bay at that point was $2,300. The next night was like 150, but I'm like, I guess whatever was going on in town with the tournament, the volleyball town turned out there was a volleyball tournament or whatever, but because there were so many people in town for that, like the prices and the day of were like huge. I'm like, I'm not paying $2,000 to sleep this off. So you were a great friend. Like I, I just sat in the lobby on a couch and you were just hanging out with me for hours, for hours. Um, and I, yeah, was, because... I was so hoping that I would start to feel better and maybe we could salvage a couple hours of wandering around, but it just, it just never came. Also, it was made worse because Toronto is getting hit with snow and our flight was getting delayed um, because we were waiting for the plane to show up from Toronto. And uh, yeah, I kept checking the app. It's like, well, great. We're delayed half an hour, an hour, hour and a half. So it was like more hanging out in the lobby at, uh, at the hotel. Yeah. And We got to the sports yeah. book at one point. Cause at one point I got up, I'm like, yeah, let's, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I, I feel like I can move. I'm like, maybe the adrenaline of gambling will make me feel better. And I dropped like 60 of my hundred winnings into the machine. No, nothing. I would have probably gone the full hundred, but I'm just like, I'm just going to stop. I don't think I'm going to win it back. I'm going to stop and have enough money to buy something to eat and throw back into my, my funds for the next trip. But, yeah. um, we finally did get to the airport you know, maybe two hours later than we would have because the flight was delayed. Wasn't horrible. Um, this, this particular security check-in, I was saying how it's always different. Like you can never just be ready for security because they all have different policies. So this one, plastic belt, everything, all of it off yet. They didn't need us to take my laptop out of my bag or anything. They're like, leave all your liquids, everything, just leave it all in the bags, but everything else off. Just, we got, we got there, waited for a flight, got on the flight. And of course, because that flight was delayed, we were worried we were going to miss our Ottawa flight. And by the time we got back to Ottawa, you and I both managed to get a little bit of sleep on that flight. Um, mm -hmm. But we got back to Pearson, the airport I hate the most in the world. Um, and we like, and we were only supposed to, we were only originally supposed to have like an hour, 47 minute layover. Yeah. And then because our initial flight got delayed, it was like, well, fuck, we're not make, making that connection. Yeah. But it turns out the connection got delayed by like half an hour. Thank God. Which gave us hope. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, I have never moved like this in my life. So we got off the plane and at that point we had at that moment, like the second the, the plane was there before we were even getting off the plane, we had like an hour on the dot, maybe like 58 minutes, but that's 58 minutes till the Ottawa flight takes off. Not till it starts boarding or whatever, till it takes off. And 
we're just we're there it's a big long fucking plane we're at the back and i'm just watching people waddle off you know so they, they did make an announcement saying like some people have tight connections please let them deplane first i guarantee at least 30 percent of the people who stood up and got away had nowhere to be it was no urgency they just yeah. me, me but whatever we get off the plane boogie right we fucking boogie because we had to get across like the the terminal and we had to go through customs so we're like fucking line up, line up, standing line. Every, every little half second delay is like driving me crazy. I'm anxious as fuck. I'm like, I do not because uh, I haven't recorded the podcast episode with crystal, but something happened to us at Pearson, the exact same thing. And it fucked our whole day. So I won't go into details, but I did not want that happening again. And at the same time, people keep in mind that at this point, it's like what seven or eight o'clock in the morning, something like that, Pete. Yeah. And, and I have been dehydrated and feeling like shit for at least the last 24 hours. So yeah. I do not want to get stuck at Pearson all day waiting for them to put us on another flight. So we are boogieing, boogieing, and we get through customs. The time frame is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And we see our gate. We finally, oh, there's our gate. No worries. Fly to the gate. And we're, we're going to even go to the bathroom, but I'm like, there's nobody fucking there. We get there and like, literally there's no people. They've all been put on the plane, but we hand them our things. We get on the plane, throw our shit up. And it's like. Oh my God. Thank fucking God. We made it, man. If we had five more minutes and we're done. Yeah. We would have been fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like the first win that entire trip because we had both planes delayed on the way. Yeah. And, and that would have been the time to get home at a decent time and, and, and sleep the rest of the day. But, but yeah, huge win. Um, the least amount of time I've ever waited for a flight because it was literally off the plane on the plane and then up in the air again. So it was, it was great. Um, But I am really, uh, really sorry that we didn't get to do anything on the last day. Um, cause I, I would love yeah. for you to, to see, to see more of Vegas, but I'm, my hope is that you had enough of a, 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 a good time on your first trip that it may be somewhere that you'd like to go again sometime and, and, you know. oh, for sure. I mean, I'll be back. I'll be back for sure. Good, time, good, so. good, 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 good. I'm yeah. glad to, I'm glad to hear it. So your first, first thoughts in Vegas for somebody who's never been, what would you, what would you tell them to expect? Oh, geez. That's a good question. Um, what to expect? Um, yeah, like, like maybe what did you, what, what did you expect before you went? And then like, what did it end up being kind of thing? And what would you tell someone who's never been before? You know, if they're um, like, they're like, Oh, I heard we can walk up and down the strip. Like, what would you say to somebody who, who was going to get there and just expect to walk the strip? Well, I mean, the strip is gigantic. So, I mean, you know, if you're going to go from one end to the other, you could be going all friggin' day. Yeah. Um, everything looks close. I mean, how many times were we center strip and we could look down and see the Mandalay Bay and you're like, Oh, it's just straight there except it's getting, forever. Yeah. 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 It, everything looks closer than it actually is. Um, getting that deuce pass was key. I think, I mean, 20 bucks for like 72 hours. It was like a three day pass for like 20 bucks. That was 100%. fucking beautiful. And we never hop on hop off at any point, 24 hours a day. Yeah. I would definitely recommend that hundred percent. Exactly. And that's if you don't have a car, if you have a car and you have a good system, whatever you're good. Um, definitely, definitely recommend the, uh, the deuce. It's a, it's a great option. And in all fairness, we, we missed, like, there's so many times where we'd go to walk out and we'd, we'd hit the strip and it's like, ah, fuck the deuce just went by, but then there'd be another one in like five minutes. And it said that they run every 15 minutes during the day. And then after like 1am, it's like every 20 minutes. But I mean, even when we just missed it, it was never that long. I don't really believe we ever waited more than like 10 or 12 minutes for one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other thing I was going to say is like, um, 
you know, you, you didn't, before the trip, you'd encourage me to like check out some YouTube videos on like, uh, things to see, things to do, where to go and that. And, uh, you know, it's probably a good thing for a first timer to do just, uh, to give you an idea of, um, you know, the kinds of things to expect when you get there. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause, cause yeah. you can do Vegas on the cheap or you can do it super expensive. Like it, it's not hard to drop several hundred dollars at a meal. Um, there's lots of things in Vegas that can cost you uh, a mint, but definitely if you want to drink, like you can, you can spend 20 bucks on cocktails. Cocktails are between 15 to $20 each, just easy in Vegas. Whereas if you sit in a machine and put $20 in and then like spin it once every few minutes and then, you know, wait for the drink girl to come by, you know, you can, you can drink, well, you can, you can get yourself some free drinks sitting down in a machine. And if you're um, not in the mood for booze, they'll bring you Red Bull. Yeah, that's right. Peter was hitting the Red Bulls. Uh, so yeah, they'll, they'll bring you coffee, tea, tea, Red Bull, whatever it is that you want. But definitely check out, there's a lot of spots on the strip. Oh, we did uh, Earl a Sandwich. I was trying to figure out what happened between when we left the Venetian and when we saw the, the volcano show. And we went to we went to the Miracle Mile. I didn't even, we, uh, we even had, uh, I even did the breakfast there. That was one of the things that we did one of the mornings was we went to Blondie's. Uh, before we That's hit right, the, yeah. the strip or whatever, but there's like Blondie's was like five, four ninety nine for like your standard breakfast bacon and eggs, and then five ninety nine for like a breakfast burrito. Um, we went to that was at the Miracle Mile. We also went to Earl of Sandwich at the Miracle Mile, and uh, had some sandwiches. I think we had a, what a Cuban, which was basically like a Reuben sauerkraut kind of thing, and then we had the uh, what was it called the Thanksgiving sandwich, and it was like turkey stuffing, cranberry. turkey stuffing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Price point was like somewhere under 10 bucks per sandwich and they were good. They were, they were a good fucking sandwich. And that, was that a bang, bang day? Did we do a bang, bang there? I don't know. I don't uh, think that was a bang, no, bang. I don't think we did. No, no. But I we think did we the... were done with that at that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't know that, that a horrific storm was, was coming my way, but, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a good time. Like there's cheap places you guys can eat and uh, it's just a matter of finding them because if you're trying to go you know, and eat everywhere, you know, just anywhere you want, you can pay quite a lot very quickly. But if you look for the spots, uh, it, there's a ton of tons of free stuff to do in Vegas, you know, things like the volcano show and checking out the Bellagio fountain and, and the Venetian and stuff like that. Um, lots of cool shit there. Get a player's card where we go, Pete, are you getting any offers yet? Have you looked at your emails to see if they're offering you? Free oh stays anywhere? yeah. The email. Um, I mean, I'm getting emails. I haven't really been looking into them that much, but if you get one from a specific, uh, chain, like a, like a specific, uh, brand or a specific property, like if it's like, Oh, New York, New York, now's the time. Or like, Hey, you know, the park MGM look, click on it. Cause it'll probably tell you what it's offering you in terms of comps. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you click on it, it'll be like, we're offering you four free nights and $50 resort credit and $40 in free play. Like I'm already starting to get <laughs> those again. Nice. Yeah. I think I got them while we were there. I'm like, Oh fuck. They already want me back. But I'm like, I only dropped like, according to them, $1,200 into the machines <laughs> like, <laughs> coin coin in, uh, during that, uh, that stay. So I think, uh, I think they'd love to have me back. Little do they know it was only 400 bucks. Well, but... dude, it was, it was fucking awesome. I mean, uh, I, I thank you for, um, for getting that room hooked up, man. That was fucking awesome. We had a good time. Um, we had a good time. I, yeah. We didn't pay yeah. for a whole hell of a lot. And yeah. in all fairness, like all said and done, it wasn't super, super expensive. I, I think come for like for what we, what we got versus what we paid. 
Um, it was great. I, we didn't, I didn't even mention the fact that like, I think I had a free cocktail that was offered to me, like one free cocktail at the lobby bar at the Mandalay Bay. But when I went to redeem the the coupon, they're like, oh, you've already used uh three premium rewards from that. That was based on my Borgata trip to, to Atlantic city with, with Chad. I had used, uh, a free night, uh, $25 resort credit, but I also bought a free parking pass, although I didn't need it, didn't need to use it because of my MGM gold status. So I said, yeah, I never, I used the other two, but I never used the parking pass. I'm like, is there any way that like you could, you know, delete that and, and let me have the cocktail instead? And the woman's like, well, we can't, uh, she's like, I don't think I can do that. But what I can offer you is I can give you each a, a complimentary cocktail at any of the bars here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, instead of one cocktail at one place, two cocktails anywhere I want. I'm like, yeah, I think I can accept that compromise. <laughs> like, <laughs> They just, it almost seemed like they couldn't give us enough free shit while we were there. Hey man. Just happy to take advantage. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I yeah. I have kept you infinitely longer than like the five or six minutes that I told you. I hope. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go work on some paperwork. Cool, man. Well, thank you for yeah. for popping into the the podcast. You say, uh, you know, goodbye to the onesies or whatever. You like, I appreciate you taking the time to to chat about the trip. Yeah, we've been talking their ear off for too long now. You think so? Oh yeah. Well, I've been on the phone with you for over an hour now. Yep. Yes, you have. And, uh, I've been chatting for longer than that. <laughs> so we're almost a two hour episode for the onesies. They're getting a good one this week. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right, dude. Well, good luck. I'll chat with you soon. All right. Talk to you later. All right, okay. Cheers. Bye. So, um, yeah, there you go, guys. Uh, just perfect timing. We've got uh, two people chatting, which is, as I understand, you guys always prefer, uh, to hear a second voice. Um, but yeah. Um, and of course, like I said, I got back from the trip. I still wasn't feeling well. Uh, that's where I started watching the documentary. Um, and I even continued on through the week. It took me a little bit of time to actually start getting to, to, to feeling better after that trip, but, um, had a good time. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, do some plugs guys. I'm at absolute comedy hosting March 21st through 26th, and I will be headlining May 23rd through 28th. So get your tickets at absolutecomedy.ca or call 613-233-8000 for tickets. Um, I've also got in the links, I've got my links to the founder's card. Founder's card is what started everything with my Caesar's diamond and allowing me to status match. Uh, the Neo mastercard sign up link is there as well. It's going to give you 25 bucks for free. It's a credit card that has no fee whatsoever. It's absolutely free to own this card. It costs you nothing if you're not using it. And, uh, and it gives you instant cash back up to 20% at tons of locations. You can just go right into the app, hit rewards and see what you get cash back. So it gives you cash back at like gas station stuff, like a lot of, like a lot of credit cards do, except again, this one has no fees. It'll give you $25 for free just to try it out. It's $25 of free spending. You never have to pay it back. And, uh, but some places like, uh, you know, just as a small example, like Mary Brown's chicken, fast food, chicken joint, um, they give you 10% instant cash back. So, you know, you buy a $10 meal, you're getting a dollar back right away and it's instant cash back. I really do need to stress that I've talked about it in the past, but it is an instant cash back MasterCard where, um, when you spend, you get the money back right away and you can like literally just pay it right off the balance. So even if you're someone who's like, well, I don't like using my credit card. I'd rather use my debit. It's like, great. Why don't you go ahead and use the, the discount, right? If you're somewhere where they're giving you 10% instant cash back, like Boston pizza or Kettleman's bagels or, you know, Mary Brown's chicken. As I mentioned, there's lots of places that do high cash back. Some of them even do like 18, 20% at certain restaurants. So the idea is like, why not, why not use your credit card, get the instant discount 
put that money back on the card and then pay the difference with your debit. You're still saving money. Million different strategies, guys. I only recommend things that are going to save you money. Uh, the link is down there. Um, and also Skip Lagged. It's the website that I use to book flights. Love Skip Lagged. I get cheap flights all the time using them. Um, I'm also aware of Hopper and Mamondo and Skyscanner and all those other ones that you probably know and think, oh, well, Josh doesn't know about those. Yes, I do. And I still use Skip Lagged over them. So uh, if you click on the links to any of those things, you're going to get uh, a discount and uh, or, or extra money or, or what have you. Um, and it all helps the podcast too, because they'll kick a little something back. So that's, uh, that's what that is. Um, also something that I thought about way too late because I will be back in Las Vegas, uh, in April 4th, uh, I'll be there from April 4th to the 11th. I'm taking my mother for her birthday. And of course, uh, my lovely lady is going to be joining me, um, for a few days mid trip. So basically, uh, we have decided to do something called a group pull and, um, it's something I've seen on YouTube many times from some of the people that I follow. And it's usually a live in person event that's done, um, where they'll basically, basically it's a slot machine group thing where, uh, you'll get like, as an example, let's make it an out, a nice round number, 20 people, 20 people are going to, um, basically they all pitch in a hundred bucks. You put that into the machine. So now you have $2,000 and then you basically spin, uh, at a high amount, that, so it's basically, you know, like as an example, let's say you got two, 200 people, 200 people, 20 people, hundred dollars each, you get $2,000 budget and you're doing $10 spins. So the idea with that is that you win or lose as a group. So it's not, it's not like these first few spins belong to this whisper. It's like this first few spins are on behalf of that person. Right. And, and you either win or lose as a group. So now your money has a lot less risk attached to it because it's in a pool with other people. So it gives you an opportunity to win a higher jackpot pot because you now have the money to go deeper, but you're not on the hook as much. And the, the truth is it's like, it's basically 200 spins in this example, right? 20 people, hundred dollars each, 200 spins. And then whatever the number you guys are at at the end of the 200 spins, that's what you divvy up. You don't just keep going until it's nothing. You're not worried about like, Oh, well, what about some degenerate gamblers who want to keep going? It's, it's everyone's buying effectively 10 spins and they're adding to the pool. So after 200 spins, everybody splits what's left. So you're not even going to lose all of your money because with 200 spins, there's going to be some things that hit, they might not hit huge, but it'll win some of the money back. So the truth is you're basically putting in a hundred bucks and the risk is less. So you have a higher chance of winning because now you can go deeper, right? A lot of people who gamble on the regular know that you can't you know, spin 10 times and expect to really hit anything. You might get very lucky, but effectively you need the time to spin for a while to hit those, those random hits that pay you well. Um, I've watched several of these on YouTube and more often than not, um, the, the people win money. Um, however, at the end of the day, uh, I've seen some where they lose and it's like people who put in, you know, a uh, hundred bucks walk away with like 60, like the worst one I've ever seen. People got $60 of their hundred back. So 40 bucks to be a part of something. So because I won't have time to organize people to all be in Vegas when we do it, right. Cause a lot of these group polls are organized by the subscribers and everything like that. These people have tens of thousands of subscribers and they, they organize it. So, Hey, if anyone's going to be in Vegas on this date, sign up for this group pull. We'll all meet at this casino and we'll, we'll do it live. Um, effectively what I'm going to do is exactly the same thing, except you guys will all be watching virtually. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a group poll. It's going to be $100 Canadian buy-in and we will establish what that converts to American. I'm going to go get the conversion all at once and I'll say, okay, everyone, your hundred dollars was X amount of dollars. So just as a, a talking point, let's say that converts to $70 American. Okay. We do $10 spins. Cool. It's seven spins per person times however many people we have. And that's the 
money goes in, we spin it that many times and you'll be able to watch live. So Crystal and I will be doing it together on April 6th at 5.30 PM, uh, Pacific standard time. So that's the time it is in Vegas for you guys back here in the Eastern time. It'll be 8.30 PM on Thursday, April 6th. So if you are interested in being a part of this group poll, get a hold of me, contact at one man podcast.com. And what'll happen is I'll either, if I, if you're here locally, um, you know, you can just give me cash or, uh, you can e-transfer your buy-in, uh, you can do it to contact at one man podcast.com if you want, but I would prefer you reached out and talk to me first. So, you know, if you have any questions, we can set all the expectations, but the main thing is that crystal and I on, uh, on behalf of everyone who's entered, um, we'll be doing a group poll and, uh, we will all win or lose together. I'm, I'm buying a spot. She's buying a spot. I've got about four or five other people. I just thought of this yesterday. And again, we're a week later, so I'm already one week closer to that. But, uh, if you are interested, either, uh, contact at one man podcast.com, or if you're a friend who has my personal details, please feel free to contact me directly. But as it stands, we got about six or seven people already. I'd like to hit 20 or 25 before I leave, um, which would be nice because it gives us enough money to go deep and maybe we hit a nice jackpot and everybody makes a few hundred bucks. Um, you know what I mean? That'd be great. Be a great way and be a lot of fun for us to do something live, uh, together. So I would also like for you guys, um, to let me know your preferred platform. If you would prefer, uh, that we did live on Facebook, uh, Facebook live or live on Instagram live. So, so let me know what is your preference. Um, I would, I would take that, uh, let me know your preference guys, just from listeners, even if you're not planning on participating, please let me know what you would prefer to watch on. Um, it might help skew us. Also, I'll have my phone and Crystal have hers. Maybe I'll just log into both, but I need some feedback. Uh, please let me know what you prefer. Um, you know, again, one more time, contact at one man podcast.com. Would love to have you guys, um, either join in, uh, on the fun. And like I said, it's just important that you know that it's very Incre- it's, it's almost impossible that you will lose the entire hundred. It's more so that, you know, uh, you'll, you'll get back less of your money. We might, we might not win, you know, 200 spins at $10. That's a lot of spins and it's a high wager amount. So there's a chance that we might all make, you know, you might, I'm not telling anyone that they're going to win thousands of dollars, but if, if we somehow hit a fucking $90,000 jackpot on that, you know, you've all made money, but even to double or triple our money. I mean, that's, that's two, $300 coming back your way, uh, and an opportunity for us to have fun together. Again, we're live, we'll be live streaming it. So you can, you guys can comment and, and talk and the things also, if, uh, we will be doing the spins on behalf of people, again, the ones on YouTube, you'll see, um, you know, people will be present, right? Because they organize this well in advance that I've done this way too close. I can't expect everyone like, Hey, let's all go to Vegas and do a group poll. Um, for these people who have the, the, the followers, most of their followers were, you know, already going to be there or whatever it is. Um, so it's easier to plan. But, uh, what I would say is, um, we will be doing the polls rather than calling someone's name. They come over and they spin the next 10 times, you know, just to participate. Um, I will be doing these spins on behalf. So whatever that number ends up being, however many spins it is, um, I'll be like these next seven spins are from, you know, Richard. And, you know, if, if anyone's stuff hits, uh, hits, hits big while it's their name. Again, everyone splits everything equally. However, I'll probably do some extra prizes or whatever if anyone's spins actually hit. So not only, you know, 
um, you know, Hey, you may not win anything. You might be the person who just wins back some stuff to, to get everyone's money back a little bit or whatever. Um, I will make sure that you guys get some free one man podcast stuff. I might send you a mug or some notebooks or hats or whatever it is. So any, any contribution to the group poll, um, you know, if anyone's stuff hits when it's their spins, I'll make sure that we, we get some cool shit for you guys. Uh, I'm just really looking forward to doing our first onesie kind of event together. And I think Vegas is an awesome place to, uh, to, to do a live sort of, uh, thing together. So I'm really excited about that guys. Again, I apologize so much information, but April 6th at 5 30 PM uh, Pacific 8 30 PM Eastern, uh, it's a $100 buy-in $100 Canadian. So some of my American listeners, I know of my American friends have said that they'd be interested too, For you guys, it will be less than a hundred dollars because your money is worth more than ours. But, um, I can take e-transfers or I can, I can take a, a payment where I, I uh, punch your, your card. And if it's American transaction, I'll punch in a hundred Canadian and then you give me your thing and it'll, it'll do the, uh, the U S equivalent. Um, so yeah, very excited coming up this week. Uh, next episode, uh, I am going to be, uh, you know, had I recorded this, the actual time I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to continue recovering from this horrific, uh, food poisoning or whatever it was that I had. And on the weekend, I am going to be status matching, um, crystals, uh, founder's card. So Crystal got the founder's card as well. She had herself upgraded to Caesar's diamond and we will be going to Atlantic city to match her Caesar's diamond to hard rock, rock royalty to ocean prime. And then to, uh, the Borgata, the MGM gold and a little pit stop at the live casino in Philadelphia to match her to black getting, uh, getting her statuses up high and then matchable to all sorts of different, um, you know, hotel chains and casinos and things like that. Um, I've also got a dentist appointment coming out because there's a little, little jagged piece on one of my fillings. So I think maybe I this this little like lump on the side of my tooth ever since it was done in there. I always thought it would might maybe get worn down or whatever. Never did. But just as of lately, I felt a little chip on that side of that tooth that was a little sharp. So I was, I kind of contacted them and said, Hey, this thing's sticking out or whatever. Can I just get it filed down where they're like, yeah, you'll have to come in and get it polished. Sadly, it's been two years since I had it put in and it's just outside of the guarantee or whatever, uh, thing. So I'm not looking forward to that, but at least it's only going to cost me a hundred or so dollars to, to get that thing filed down. Cause it's starting to become a nuisance. Um, but yeah, so dentist appointment status match with crystal and, uh, and off she goes onesies. You guys are absolutely amazing. I appreciate you spending the time with me. I, uh, I do apologize that this episode was longer than normal, but, uh, but you guys are awesome. Uh, appreciate you listening to it. I hope you come see me at absolute comedy and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. They call you Lady Luck But there is room for doubt At times you have a very unladylike way of running out You're on this date with me The pickings have been lush And yet before this evening is over You might give me the brush You might forget your manners You might refuse to stay And so the best that I can do Is pray Luck 
be a lady tonight Luck be a lady tonight Luck if you've ever been a lady to begin with Luck be a lady tonight Luck let a gentleman see How nice a dame you can be I know the way you've treated other guys you've been with Luck be a lady with me A lady doesn't leave her escort It isn't fair It isn't nice A lady doesn't wander all over the room And blow on some other guy's dice Let's keep this party polite Never get out of my sight Baby, I'm the fella you came in with Luck be a lady tonight Gentlemen, see just how nice, how nice a, a dame you can be. I know the way you've treated other guys you've been with. Hey, luck, be a lady with me. A lady doesn't leave. Her escort It isn't fair And it's not nice A lady doesn't wander All over the room And blow on some Other guy's dice So let's keep the party polite Never get out of my sight Stick with me, baby I'm the guy that you came in with Luck be a lady Luck be a lady 